Ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing? Welcome to another edition of uh, the world's greatest podcast about video games. That, of course, is Weekly Games Chat. Uh, and by now, hopefully you recognize my voice and my friend's voices because we have been doing this for a long time. It's episode 373. My name is Sean. Their names are Chris and John. You'll hear from them shortly. Uh, but we also want to give a shout out uh, and an invitation. First off, the shout out to everybody who's already on Twitch.tv. Uh, where we streamed this episode being recorded, of course, at Weekly Games Chat. The chat was already kind of, it was already happening. I see some real life friends in there. I see some familiar names in there. Uh, and, and there it is. Hag himself is there already doing what's better than Odyssey. Uh, throwback from last week. Uh, but yeah, we are here and we are very excited to bring you guys, hopefully, another entertaining episode of Weekly Games Chat. Uh, let's go ahead and pivot to the, the proper intros of the fellas. I uh, First up, I gotta talk to my 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 uh my dreamlight buddy, and that's John. How you doing, John? Oh, living the dream. Living like, the dream. Like. And 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 hey, your first example. I mean that that goes without saying. I mean that's that's what the founding fathers called self evident. So, you know, but oh, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying my time in a fantasy world. And that fantasy world is weekly games chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so so if if the news weeks if they happen to play out and we gotta talk about basketball, you got some good news, people. Because he has repurchased the latest edition of NBA 2K. He is now point guard. He took a break from the game to join us for recording today and be the greatest producer of all time. That man, of course, is the legend, Chris Love, aka Chris of Weekly Games Chat. What up? In the Lord's eyes, humidities are all equal. <laughs> um, what is? Are you? Are you? Are you Chris Love once again? Mm-mm. I was actually surprised. Uh, so Chris Love has been retired because one of the last names that can be spoken by the announcers this year is Lockhart. What? We're getting there, buddies. Yeah, I haven't been able to do that on a sports game since Keith Lockhart. <laughs> oh my god uh so so as we always do we disclose you we do disclose way too much information to you guys and this of course uh for you new listeners this is what we call the intro of the show we're just kind of saying hey we're catching up from the week that was kind of uh and we kind of pivot into a topic at some point uh before the show if you were on twitch you notice hey they start a little later that's because I ran across across the situation, had to tighten some things up. Uh, it is what it is. But in doing so, um, I found out and I remembered because of that, because we started late, uh, normally I have like a little hint on what we're going to bring to the table for an in, uh, intro topic. I was thinking about that. <laughs> and we didn't do that. So we're just going to wing it because we're pros. Uh, and speaking of pros, I I do have a quick update on my my uh, PlayStation, <laughs> and I also want to tell you about something I saw in the wild um, today at lunch. Um, so they 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 both have to do with gaming. So my PlayStation, uh, it's still not fixed, uh, but it's it's constantly being worked on. The latest text I got was actually from today. There was a workaround my uh, technician was working on, and we had hope for and. Uh, I told Chris, Chris got the text live. I read it. He saw it on my face. I was not, it did. It was not a happy text, but uh, basically I think what happened is our workaround instead of a fan being somewhat constant and controllable, 
Uh, just imagine a fan going, woo, 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 just over and over, sporadically, high, low, for no apparent reason. There is one last thing he's going to try, uh, which then would lead me to, he can definitely get the fan working. It's just going to constantly be at high. So if you guys see any PlayStation 5s out there, let your boy know. PlayStation, if you're listening, yeah. Uh, but I say that because there is hope. I have recently gone into a Best Buy. Um, during this situation and i've seen now best buy is not going to keep the playstation or the xbox out on the shelves this is not pre-2020 right they're going to put those little tickets if you remember they're they're like sitting there and it says take this to the register if you want to get said item you guys are familiar with these things right Mm -hmm. um i miss quick pivot i miss the service merchandises of the world yes i used to think those were amazing when i was a kid uh but Back to the Best Buy, they actually had, and consecutive times that I went, or at least within the same week, Chris, uh, what did I see? Four or five PlayStations and at least two or three Xboxes as far as tickets go? Yeah. I almost wonder if like PlayStation, because of their shortages and all that and the issues with ports, has been just kind of stockpiling up boards and everything else in, in the hopes that pretty much they can make a huge push for the last quarter here, which is of course that their biggest quarter usually. Yeah, it's pretty, it's that's pretty big. But I also (laughs) got word that one of my friends went to, uh, was it you, John? I think it was you who went to a GameStop and it was known in that GameStop. They had recently got some unannounced PlayStations delivered. I'm telling you this because what I'm trying to do is give you a spark of hope. We may be turning the tide as far as seeing or at least having a chance if you physically go to a store to see one. There's still that fight online, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, if you can get through the bots and you can get your card in. John has a story where he had one just for S&Gs, was seeing if he could get a PlayStation, I believe it was. Uh, He was just kind of keeping it in his cart or whatever. I mean, it's it's kind of frustrating. Um, Somebody came to me and said, hey, I'm looking to do a, to, to buy a PlayStation five and they were about to, they were about to buy one at, you know, 680 something from, you know, whatever eBay, whatever it is. I'm like, well, you know, they're coming, they're coming available more and more. I tend to get notifications when one is available. Why don't you just sit tight? I've given this individual three notifications twice last week, once this week where I have physically put a PlayStation five in my cart with zero trouble and they won't, they won't do it. It's like, go here. It's, it's ready. Go do this. And she, and she's like, yeah, fine. I'll do it. Um, but <laughs> as far as I know, that hasn't happened. So I'm just, I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm glad okay. you said she, because they probably were thinking that this friend that you're trying for his name began with an S and rhymed with Han. I'm going to start letting you know. Yeah, you, you should. Uh, cause I am going to probably, if that last situation happens, I'm probably not going to be happy. I, I want to end my intro by saying, though, at lunch, I was at a, a Walmart, a local Walmart to me, and I have a picture on my phone of not a card, but I did see an Xbox in a case. Mm-hmm. And I'll show yeah. you guys what that looks like since you've never seen this in real life. I think John has. I'm going to try to show it on the camera real quick. Make sure. Yep, there it is. So there it is. There is the Xbox in a case in the store in the wild. And that is my official first one that I've ever seen in a case. Hmm. In a case. 
So I say that to bring good news because the tide is turning, gamers. We're going to be able to buy our consoles in person soon if we want, hopefully. Right? Please tell me so. Boys, I have no idea what you want to pivot to, uh, but this is going to be where the official pivot happens because I'm done with my, uh, with my, uh, you know, my news. So, so let's professional it up. Me or you, John? <laughs> oh, God. This is Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. <laughs> okay, me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just go, Chris. Let's go with, uh, so Sean, John, I pretty much didn't leave my couch the whole weekend. And it was, well, at times it was nerve wracking. And Sean knows what part of that it would have been. Uh, but for the rest of it, it just made me so happy because I had two full days of just watching great football at both our college level and also the professional level. And folks, if you don't want to pay for uh, NFL, uh, was it game day? The direct TV one. That's like $400 or Sunday ticket or that's what it's called. Sunday ticket. Thank you. Um, NFL red zone is like my favorite thing because I pretty much just get to sit back, watch every game that's on and see the most meaningful plays consistently as they're happening. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Saturday I got up, we kicked off at noon, which was weird for us. And I thought this won't be too stressful. Will it? And then by about 12, 15, I think I went and bought beer. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what that took uh, to get through that. But then I've got to sit around and watch, just a ton of great college games that I did not expect. And that was capped of course with Texas A&M losing. <laughs> so that, that was a nice. Shout out for- to Aggie land. I know you guys aren't yeah. feeling the best. Uh, good news in Boone, North Carolina. You're out of beer. Uh, hopefully they'll get that restock soon. But then Sunday I was reminded just why I love the NFL. Like I think down here, I think Sean, you would agree. It's much more of college. College, yeah, college is like a religion down here yeah. for sure. I think like, to me, college football is probably the only thing that might even begin to compare to uh, English premier football, right? Like that fandom of like how it's, this is my town and, you know, yes, we're, we're dedicated to the team because we understand these kids are only going to be here for so long, but the team is what survives, right? Um, NFL football reminds me that it's the greatest American professional sport because I watched 12 games, it felt like this weekend where the lead changed multiple times in the last four or five minutes of a game. Sometimes where I thought the game was over and all of a sudden the next thing, you know, here comes a game winning field goal. Uh, and it was just a blast and I love it. I missed it so much. Uh, and I don't think you guys are going to see, you're gonna have a hard time getting me out of the house for the next 16, 17 weeks. I think it is because I just want to watch more and more football, but I don't want to check my fancy team. <laughs> it uh it it feels it always feels weird to me when when the season starts back cuz it's like the it's, the it's almost the unofficial end of summer it usually happens really close yeah. to uh you know the holiday we just had us Memorial Day and Labor and, Day. Yeah. Labor Day, sorry, not Memorial Day, <laughs> Labor Day. And yeah, then all of a sudden it's Halloween, we're eating a turkey a few months after that or a couple weeks after that feels like and then all of a sudden Santa Claus is here. So that's what happens. That's what happens. But yeah, football is back and we are happy. Uh, but we won't bore you with football talk all the time. And it's not because Alabama had a close game. If you're a fan of the show, you know Chris and I love 
our beloved Alabama football team. John's a fan of the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, where it's just they they won, and so did Georgia, and it was glorious. So there you go, By John. The, just one thing: if you want to see a great video for college fandom, go look at Boone, North Carolina after they yes. beat yes. Uh, Texas A and M. John, you'd love this. Like from there's someone standing in the middle of Main Street, right? Basically, just takes their phone out. They look to the left. Here comes a herd of a hundred thousand people. <laughs> they look to the right, a herd of a hundred thousand people, and they just meet and they're having the time of their life. They are so happy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool. I saw that. I saw. I think the video Barstool Sports had it mm-hmm. on uh, Twitter. By the way, if you want to follow Weekly Games Chat, we're at Weekly Games Chat on Twitter. There you go. Little, little plug right there. But John, you got anything you wanted to bring to the folks this week? Or are you good to go, my friend? Uh, just a just one thing. Maybe maybe one and a half things. Two things. <laughs> if you round up, yeah, I mean, one point five rounds up to two in my book. So this is kind of this is kind of a public service announcement. If you are, uh, if you if you have yet to buy Splatoon three, I've got some advice for you. Mm. Um, and it's something you can easily miss if you are not careful. And one of the reasons why I missed it is because back in December I got a brand new OLED switch. And we kept our old switch. So the old switch had our Splatoon had my Splatoon 2 save on it. And the OLED switch oh, no. had no save on it. So oh. oh no. I had the opportunity. You get one chance at this, one chance only. And I really just wasn't paying close one attention chance. to to just to to upload your plus uh, split <laughs> Your, your placenta your, save. Your placenta, your, your placenta two, your, your Splatoon two save to uh, Splatoon three. Now my Splatoon two th- save wasn't epic. I was a level sixteen, not a big deal. But, but there were so there were specific perks you that you, that you can start with if you if you bring your save over. Uh, and I tried to I tried to fix the problem. I tried to go to my old switch, move it over, move the move the save data over to my new one. Mm-hmm. But at that point, it was too late because I had already rejected the prompt to do it. Oof. So you can't go back and do it. To to Nintendo's credit, it's very easy to do. They just don't give you another chance to do it. So it's not a big deal. I'll I'll be fine. But that kind of that kind of smarted a little bit. So if you haven't bought it yet. Or if you haven't booted it up yet and you have a Splatoon 2 save, pay close attention because as soon as, as, yeah. as soon as Splatoon 3 opens up, it a prompt comes up and says, would you like to import? It says, we found an old save. Would you like to import it? Yes. And, and the answer would be yes. Cue yes. Vince McMahon. Um, and, and then one chance. Go ahead. <laughs> I said, cue Vince McMahon's one chance. I know. Also, uh, <laughs> this is a teaser for you guys. Pay attention to something that I point out that John let me know about, and Chris helped me on the topic today about a situation very similar to that, but not quite. There you go. That's it. Nice. And then another, um, just a just a quick just a quick um, nod. Uh, the queen is dead. Long live the king. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. And that's that's a good way to kind of bring that in. I wasn't sure how we would, uh, but yeah, she passed away after we recorded our show. We have, uh, and by we, I mean England and the UK have a new king 
And uh, we also, it was kind of, it's kind of an emotional week because we, uh, in the States, we just had our 21st anniversary of 9-11 too. So a lot going on. And as a matter of fact, I think the queen though, I think she's making her way. Uh, she's she's going back London. to London or she's back in London. Now. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was watching that today while I was working. So they expected 750,000 people late, uh, in, in wait of her arrival. Mm. And there's, there's, they're suggesting that if you want to go into, uh, to view her, uh, you'll probably be in line if you make it at all. Expect thirty-five hours. Yeah, to I even saw, get a chance to see her. Yeah. Right after it broke, and they're talking about that stuff. They're like, they're going to leave her, and they're going to view her as tradition. And yeah, to be ready to possibly miss work. Yeah, my aunt obviously. Rosemary wants to go, uh, but she's she's pretty old, so I don't think she is. But you know, we were. Talking about, she called me and my sisters a kind of group thing. And, uh, you know, she's like, my aunt Rosemary was born in 1945, like right after the war, pretty much. And, you know, by the time she was like six or seven, right. Elizabeth had become queen. So it's, it's all she's known her whole life. And it just, I don't think us over here, sometimes we just don't get that, that like, it, it really is a big deal. And yeah, I've had multiple yeah. conversations with like her and even my brothers and sisters who still have British citizenship. Like it's just, people don't get it. It's, it's, it's very different, you know? So it's a big well, loss for them. The, the English monarchy is one of the most impactful entities mm-hmm. in, in world history. Bar none, period. And I took I took her death harder than I expected. Um, because in, in a way she kind of represents I hate to be too dramatic here, but she kind of represents the final death nail in the concept of duty, commitment, unwavering tradition. Mm-hmm. Something that a lot of people, a lot of generations, including my own don't care that much about anymore. I, I think she's one of the most important figures of the 20th century. I mean, for God's sake, she was a mechanic during World War II. Yeah. I mean, they, they, she, they listed, and we did this too. We, we listed all the kind of events that she saw in her life. And that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, John. What were you going to say? No, you're good. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Just the, the, I don't think we're ever going to see anything like her ever again. Probably not we in just, our lifetime. Yeah, it's crazy too when you have uh, like a kid. Uh, she was like, I was like, Tinley, you, I, she, I'm not English, Tinley, but that's the only queen I've ever known mm-hmm. in my whole life. And she's like, well, Dad, you're ancient. And I was like, first off, let's back it on up a minute. Let's rethink what ancient means. Because she had at one point, if you forget, my kid asked me, was I around when there was horse and carriages? So I need to probably get her out of the cool school system she's in to get her to one where they actually learn things. Like how long ago there was actually horse and carriages? Uh, uh, we did see in chat our good our our, our head boy, Nacho, uh, is in chat, and he you know Nacho is I think he's in Texas uh, seeing uh, he said seeing her kids, meaning the queen's kids, guarding her coffin made him emotional. You know, yeah. gets the gets the emotions going. Um, yeah, that was a big loss. That was a big loss. And it's and, uh, just, it's just, it's, it's a real opportunity for people to, to see perspective. I've heard, I mean, 
you're never going to get the full story on, on social media and they're always going to give you that weird, crazy perspective on things. But a lot of people out there just think of her as this privileged rich lady that just sat up in a tower and was pampered all her life. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that might be half true or a quarter true, maybe 75% true. But I was talking to my wife yesterday. Your wife? And it's important to remember that rarely any of these figures in the royal family have any real control over their own lives. Correct. Think think about that. That's what I'm talking about with, with that sense of duty, with that sense of tradition. Elizabeth has never had the life you and I have had. She's probably wanted it time after time after time, but made a promise and a commitment that she and her family truly, at least at the time, were committed to and were and considered sacrosanct. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I'm done. What's the topic today? That's funny. I have uh, a feeling we're going to have a long show today. I, I don't think we will. I, I think well, you don't know if we do. It's fine because I think last week was a little short, a little short change. No, I'm making things up as we go. <laughs> it's probably fine. I do that a lot. In case you haven't listened to the show before, and we go with it, we we preach it as fact. Um, uh, that she was queen for. Yeah, that's a good stat. Let's leave that right there. Let's move on after I say this from Hag. Hag saw something, and, and I, when we say Hag, ladies and gentlemen, if you're new, that we're talking about people in our Twitch chat. You can join us on twitch.tv. It's free. You can watch us really from anywhere. Uh, but Hag said, I saw something today that she was queen for 30% of the time that America has been a country. Let that sink in. I don't know how true that is. Math be hard, Joe, but that is, that's if that holds true, that's legit. Uh, but this has been the intro portion of Weekly Games Chat. Once again, episode 373. And we're about to get Disneyed up in this topic. Are you ready for it? Because I am. There's Teapot, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I was dancing right then. Very bad. On purpose. I hope you believe that. You could see us on Twitch if you wanted to. But what that meant is that this is now the topic. And whether or not you uh, you listen to the entire intro to get to here, or if you saw the timestamp for uh, the topic, and you were like, I just I want to go right to that. And you came to right to here. It doesn't matter. We're all here together. And now that we know that, we take a seat. We get ready because I'm going to shut up. And Chris is going to do the thing he does to properly get this topic time going. The topic is Disney Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> and uh, it's official now, John. He said it in the voice. We are covering. Disney Dreamlight Valley officially. It started off as a joke. Perspective today. <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Mike, started playing this. And, you know, Mike's been going hard on AC <clears throat> for, you know, what, a month now? And Far yeah. Cry? Yeah. And, you know, Gosh, and I go over and he's, he's live streaming this and I click on it and he's wearing short shorts with his little uh, 
Mickey Mouse t-shirt. And I just looked at him. I think and he's I got just, a crop top on. Yeah, I just looked at him. And I said, "This is where we are now. This is what we're this doing. Is where we are. Yeah, this is what <laughs> this is what we do. We conquered Valhalla, and now, now we we're gonna just pick some flowers with Mickey. So it's it's probably going to happen where we're gonna talk about a lot of the things we did together. John's gonna have a lot of stuff to say. He he, John's really the founding father of this topic. Uh, and like Yay, you said, <laughs> it was it was. I, I don't even know, like like John said, it came out of, it came out of, I don't even know how to explain it. It came I, out of a, just a joke. It what it almost wasn't a joke. And didn't I go look at it and went, wait a minute, that actually looks legit, John. And I think you said something to the effect of, yeah, I, I know. Do you remember that? Something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, I was, um, I came across this game a couple of months ago, not from any trailer or I heard no, I heard no announcement of officially. I was going through my eShop store and I see it there, and I'm like, "What?" Is this? <laughs> what? And so I look at look at the I look at the the screenshots of it. I'm like, "This looks pretty." <laughs> so I I had this I had this uh, general curiosity about it, and then somebody started to tell me, or I read an article, or somebody said it's a cross between. Uh, Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley. But what makes it unique is the identifiable and legendary and iconic characters that are already in our brains. And I I can tell you, Sean, and I can pitch it over to you for this. They really, at least so far from, from my perspective, um, the, the the classic characters are what really makes this game shine because that's what it really... I think Disney Dreamlight Valley understood from the jump that in order to differentiate itself, it had to use its best weapon. And that weapon was its Disney vault, if you will, of memorable characters. Otherwise, this is just another sim. This is just another farming sim, another building a town sim. But it really embraced its biggest strength, and that and that's its its properties. Yeah, and that was something. So, uh, the way John ended up pitching to me is exactly what he just said. Uh, I downloaded the game shortly after the show. I may have started playing it a few days after the show. Um, I, it wasn't a big file size, so <laughs> dummy Sean decided if it's, if it's not a big file, it's probably not going to take long to get a good chunk out of it. But I started off, and I, I got to give you guys a piece of advice if you end up checking this out. Uh, the intro with with uh, one of the characters kind of threw me for a loop. I wasn't feeling it. There was some tweaking I did with uh, the camera, so the game didn't feel a certain way. And eventually, I got really hooked. And part of that was because John talked to me on the phone, and he goes, Hey, man, uh, yeah, we, we are doing this. I am ready to talk about it. How Have you played it? Do you like it? And I kind of told him what I just told you. And he goes, Well, dude, it's it's if you get going, it's kind of like, Animal Crossing meets Stardew Valley. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. And he oh, he was like, yeah. But he kept the secret of mm-hmm. what the impact of the characters would have on you. And that a lot of times, if you know, Disney, the characters for Disney, if this was like a baseball batting lineup, they'd be like your home run hitter, right? That's kind of like bing. What what they do right now is they kind of rose it to the top. Uh, and John mentioned mm-hmm. as far as a leadoff. So we'll use that as a leadoff spot. Yeah. These characters are simply what makes the game different from Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, anything else you want to throw at it. 
And that's because they are beloved. Uh, the only the only complaint I would have on the characters, and you'll see these in jokes possibly from any reviews, uh, the characters look and sound like they are supposed to look and sound. Uh, but Mickey Mouse has some weird ears on him. I'm going to put that out there. Not ears, sorry, eyes. Mickey Mouse's he, he eyes are fine. Has, yeah, his he, eyes almost, are. Kind of, it's almost comparable to the Luigi Death Stare. Yes, when he, <laughs> when he's. Uh, when he's drifting and he drifts and he drifts <laughs> past you in slow motion. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's super cool because, uh, but I don't, I don't, I, I, I want to see where you kind of go with it because I know I'm my fandom. I'm a, if you know me and I don't know if I've shown this a lot, you guys have known me and John both have gone to Disney world. Uh, we, we get excited about star Wars movies and stuff. Somebody in chat even joked, I don't know why Sean doesn't have his Mickey ears on right now. Well, that's because I got him on in game, but it's, it's such a, it's Dude, such a good, I should have put on my Mickey ears. We still can, by the way, <laughs> but it's such a, they have it, you know, and that's the thing that you have to understand from Disney when they decide to flex their muscle, they got like, they've got this, you know, and yeah. Well, maybe we can start here, John. You also let me know, and it is widely known that this is this game's not a finished product. It's in an early access access state. It's building as we kind of go, and yeah. and so you got to kind of think about that when you play it too. Yeah, and I think they were smart to do it this way. Number one, uh, the game's developed by a, a studio named Gameloft, and I, I I looked into their history a little bit. I, for the most part, it seems like they have been focused primarily on mobile games. Um, for most of their existence. Um, and this, it, this for an early access game, this feels like almost a finished product. It really, it really does. does. Um, but there's some, there's some tweaks and things that, you know, that as you, as you continue to play it, you know, that they're going to have to make like, there's you're right off the jump. There's some weird glitches sometimes where like, uh, from the jump, you, you come, you go out of your house and you check your mailbox and you're trying to get some of the stuff. Even if you connect it to that cloud save, which is what the requirement is to get those um, in-game bonuses, you connect to the cloud and then I went back in and I can only get two of the mailing items. Then I had to turn off the game and go back in and I got the rest of them. Just stuff like that um, where the game doesn't really react to your actions the way it should be. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, so it's definitely something you need to work it. They need to work on, but I can't, I can't wait for the finished product because this is, this is really good. One of the things I did say to, to Sean, and it's kind of a paraphrase. I was like, you know how you guys go to Disney world 10 times a year. He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, imagine if you could go more and this is like walking into Disney world or Disneyland. This is like walking into the magic kingdom every day. Yes. Um, so, you know, you can do all the things you can do that you could do in Stardew Valley and any other type of, I don't know, story of seasons, you know, farming Sims, that kind of stuff. Um, but you kind of, it's kind of a situation where you, you're sort of, you create your own avatar. Yeah. You start Um, off with that. And you can, male, female, a lot of different variations. One of the things I always like to do in situations like this. If you look at my, if you ever get a chance to play with me on, at, online what? in Division Two or something <laughs> like that, if I have the option, I'm going to try as best I can to make my avatar look as close to my wife as possible. Yes, yes. 
it's just uh it's it's really a fun thing for me to do. She's like she's looking at me playing this. Are you are you is the girl a default character? I'm like, no. So you're a you're playing as a girl. I'm like, yeah. But you know, if you look look closely, at it, it kind of <laughs> looks like you. <laughs> so but um she's hot. But uh, you know, it, it's uh and you sort of wake up, it's almost like you're it's almost like you're having a dream or something like that, and you wake up. And you run in, you run smack dab into Merlin, Merlin, <laughs> which almost broke the experience for Sean. Right, Merlin is bat. so kooky. Merlin, he is lit. <laughs> he oh, is so, but he's classic Merlin. He's I, classic. I, I went back and, and, and watched some old clips from yeah. from you know movies that you know this this Merlin in, and it's to the point. It's exactly like he is. Yeah, it's almost like you you have to expect all these characters to be like to look like variants of these, of, of classic characters, but every single one of them I've been impressed with. I'm like, they feel like, like Scrooge McDuck is in the early parts of the game. He was one of my favorite characters as a kid growing up because of DuckTales. I, I, I'd run home from school and, and just couldn't wait to watch the next episode of DuckTales. He's there. He's these characters look beautiful. The world has that classic Disney beauty to it. Um, but you wake up in this world that has been sort of, um, taken over by this, I forget the name, but this kind of this evil essence in the world. And there's, there's these evil looking vines everywhere. Um, and, and your job is to help them help that community sort of bring back what it once was, um, bring sort of remembrance back into the world because Merlin, when you right off the jump, he's, he's having trouble remembering things, remembering, you know, um, who's here, who's not. Um, <clears throat> and you're, and the, the main thing about this game is, is its characters. And what you get to do is you get to, you know, after doing certain tasks and befriending people and getting, and getting access to, to, to resources, you get to gain access to a, a Disney characters universe. Um, and you get, and what you get to do is you get to go into their universe help them in whatever way that you can. You visit their world, whether it's the world of Ratatouille or the world of the Lion King. Pick your Disney property. You get to go into that world and you get to help these characters and convince these characters to come back to your world and occupy Dreamlight Valley. And the way it it's, it's gameplay loop, there's some, you know, there's some, there's some repetition in this game that's designed to sort of, you know, appeal to a vast array of ages so you can understand that this game is geared towards making sure that it's approachable for the five-year-old and Sean and then over on the other <laughs> then over on the other spectrum you know it but it's but it's got that balance I mean I don't know about you Sean I, you know I had to I had to turn it off and go to bed last night but that was after let me just do this one more thing let yeah. me just do this one more thing let me just do this one more thing and it's just a joy so far to play where you get to take, you get to go help this community. You get to build this community. You get to build Disneyland. Pretty I mean, much. It's yeah. Just, it's just, it's like, it's got me really connected to my childhood because a lot of these characters were created when I was a kid, you know, from Ariel and Belle and all these different characters. I grew up loving these movies. I mean, it's just, it's just really, it's just really good stuff. I'll, I'll yeah. and I'll shut up for a second. You, you're doing great. I'm like enjoying what you're saying because I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. The, the really cool thing that is about this game 
it's uh, I I recently played the most recent game like this would have been Animal Crossing, and I say that because of the subsystems, the fishing, uh, the the everything that kind of Animal Crossing does with the quest you have to get done. I, that felt very familiar when I played this game, but I quickly also realized it's got some sort of quasi RPG element going on too. Mm-hmm. Uh, because aside from doing the tedious stuff that you have to do, like planting and uh, you know, all the things like that fishing, you do have to do some story based stuff and you also have to deal with like uh, you know, item management and storage, but everything kind of unfolds. And I thought about this. It was kind of cool how, it's it, on the surface, you may think this is not a complex game, uh, but it, it kind of unpacks things on you uh, the more you play. So the, as the hours kind of tick by, you're kind of realizing everything you got going on. Before I knew it, I had the main story mission going, and then I had like five sub story missions going. Oh, yeah, those five story missions has me going to the likes of, I don't know, Mickey Mouse, Goofy, Scrooge McDuck. Remy from Ratatouille. Like, look, you want to keep naming people? Yeah. Our friend Mike, all of a sudden he had, uh, uh, what's her name from Maui running around? I was like, is this Moana. for real? Yeah, Moana. Moana's yeah, Maui. Around. It was with Maui for a minute. Yeah, Maui too. So it's like, there they are. They're just in your world chilling. I haven't seen Ma- uh, Moana yet. I need well, to watch that. So here's the thing too. So this is really funny about Mike. He knows Disney. He knows stuff. And you may find yourself as a gamer who doesn't know Disney Disney as well as like myself and John. Uh, But so he gets to the point where he finally gets to in this world, he's at a point where he needs to go to what John mentioned as the other character world, because he needs their help in the world that's broken. And so John and I, John, I think picked Remy first. Remy's one of the first ones you can pick, but it doesn't say go to Ratatouille land. It gives a, it gives a sentence Ratatouille land. This is not verbatim, but it'll say, if you want to go help a rat who's a very good cook, this is where you need to go. Something like that. And Mike read the part that described what, you know, Moana was about. And he was like, I'm down. So that's where he went first. But John gave me some advice. And he told me, you know, hey, you maybe want to pick Remy because that's going to do with cooking. And maybe we can kind of get into the, the game mechanics itself. But you lose energy as you're doing all these things. So cooking kind of replenishes those. So that's, that's really cool. But just to kind of recap, like John mentioned a few times, you wake up and it's a perfect way. You said that John, it was like a dream. And now you're having to rebuild a village who just is taken over by a mess, just a oh, mess. Mess. Yeah, you so go for- out there, you go out, you got, you go out there and there's weeds everywhere. These, these weird purpley spiky weeds um, like that the- apparently Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. They like the thorns from Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah very what they are. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you kind of have, you, you kind of notice that there's thorns blocking your path into the, into the Disney castle. Um, I don't guess it's, it's not technically called Cinderella's castle in the game, but it's kind of like where the leader and, and, and Merlin tells you that the leader I don't think she, I don't think this leader's named by name, but she, but Merlin says the leader has, has disappeared, has gone. Um, so I, I assume that that is going to get incorporated into the story at, um, at some point, but the, the game has several elements to which all kind of sort of progress you through the story. So the friendships that you have with the characters, obviously, 
um, are the highlight of the game. You, you talk to them at different times of the day. You can sort of, tra- it's almost like, it's almost like um, Majora's Mask that way, where you can sort of see sort of the traversal of your characters in certain times of the day where they're going to be and what they're doing. Of course, <laughs> you can pretty much hear Goofy all over the freaking plaza. Um, <laughs> doing something weird. <laughs> I heard that and I was like, that doesn't just, sound very family friendly. Goofy. What is he doing? <laughs> when he's doing it, he's, he's usually like fishing. Mm-hmm. So you can go out. It's a, and you know, you can plant uh, crops to gather resources. These resources come into different fetch quests. You, you, I think it's fair to call them fetch quests. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Where you're, where you're doing things in your community for your friends, um, whether it be Mickey, whether it be Scrooge, and and all these other people, like progressive, all these other characters that you progressively bring into your area. At that point, um, these these characters, when you do things for them, your friendship level increases. Um, there's a quest that I'm doing right now where I have to get all my friendship levels, at least for three of my friends up to level five, then it grants me. And as you do all these things, it unlocks different story missions. It sort of brings you to that next level of progression. When you do certain things for these characters, you get an opportunity to sort of assign to them sort of a skill, whether that be fishing, mining, um, farming digging that kind of stuff um like for example when you when you when you meet goofy at at a certain point after helping him you get the opportunity to sort of assign him to a task now one of the things he does is he shows you a fishing pole so you kind of you don't have to do it this way but i associated with him with fishing therefore if you ask goofy if he wants to hang out with you He'll hang out with you. And if he hangs out with you, that skill that you assign to him, you get better results when you're fishing. For example, with Scrooge, I associate him with money and, you know, the, what is it? The money, his money bank or whatever, his money bin. So for him, I assigned him mining. So when he hangs out with me and follows me around the plaza and the valley and all that stuff, if I use my pickaxe to start picking at gems, I have a better chance of getting better, you know, gems and, and, and valuable stones, that kind of thing. So you get the opportunity to sort of assign different, I guess, I'm not going to call them skills, but perks to your friendships with these characters. Mm-hmm. That's a good way um, to say it. And when to get access to all these different sort of Disney World hubs, you uh, and I, for, I forget it's it's like dreamlight crystals or something like that dreamlight um dreamlight essence whatever you want to call it doing things for your friends um completing quests things like that doing all these things help you get access to more dreamlight crystals or dreamlight essence which will further progress the game yeah. and chris had asked me earlier can is this time gated and i answered no it's not a hard no, however, because John did run into a situation. If you, when you think of time gating, think of you play Animal Crossing and you literally have to wait till the next day, which the game runs on real time, right? Yeah. So you literally have to say, okay, I'm done. I can't do that. Uh, that's a time gate. Yeah. This game, John ran into it where Mickey Mouse was like asleep. And when he goes in his house, normally when he's awake, you can go in and out as you please. But Mickey fell asleep on John. Yeah. And so <laughs> I was like, well, I just can't do that quest now. But Goofy's but, still over here being, being goofy. 
So there's so Chris, that. So Chris, specifically the, the the whatever your whatever your console or PC's clock says, that's mm-hmm. what time it is in the game. So it follows it follows a twenty four hour clock. So basically, in theory, but it's you not as have... it's not as it's so far it's not as restrictive. Yeah. It's not something that's as restrictive as an Animal Crossing, at right. least not yet. That be, could change as you progress further. I'd be interested to know then what the patterns are for for the characters, right? Because you're saying like, well, it follows the real time clock, but does that mean then like, well, once every I don't know three hundred minutes for for thirty minutes, Mickey is not available because he's sleeping or whatever, right? Or well, is exactly. It, or for is example, like, I don't I don't know how long he was asleep, but I just mm-hmm. know that when I was playing the game. Last night I was there was a there was a a quest a Mickey quest that I couldn't do because he was in his house asleep. So there's not like a moment <laughs> now, where now today is it silly the way we're talking about this? But today I I I boot up the Xbox and he's waiting for me. Um, you know, but but by the time we get done with the podcast, I don't think I'll be able to do the quest anymore. But but there's um, not a moment yourself where you could just go back to your cottage house, wherever you want to call it. And then take a nap, progress to the next no. day, and then come out and hope oh, there's not that I found it. I answered that kind of quick, John. I probably should have let you not, answer that. No, I think that's correct. I don't. Not that I. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. And they All actually I, mentioned that this game specifically is not Animal Crossing like that. Uh, yeah. Is this going to let you play as long as you want to? Yeah. So what I can say is about that now is is the the day and night cycle is is directly connected with what it what the clock says on your Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. And the only restriction I have encountered so far, there could be more. I'm not aware of them. At least it hasn't felt that restrictive was that Mickey quest. That's it. And that's just so far. Um, But there's probably more stuff that I'm not noticing yet. There's probably more stuff as you progress. But um, that Dreamlight currency that you get, and you can, there's also in the menu um, certain challenges, cook a meal and give it to a friend that, that grants you more Dreamlight currency. Um, you know, feed a critter, feed a, a small critter, you get dreamlight, you know, all these activities that you do grant you more and more and more. Um, and that's the essence. That's basically the essence that grants you access to these kind of locked worlds, if you will. Locked worlds, these vine covered worlds. So your first goal, your first big goal is to remove the weeds that are in front of the castle. When you go in there, you see all these doors that lead you and it makes sense from a Disney perspective, all these doors lead you to those Disney character worlds. And yeah, go ahead, Chris. Uh, these <laughs> doors are like, they, the ones that Mike Wazowski and Solid no. would have. Well, some what <laughs> in, in, in that movie, there were literal doors you walk through. Uh, uh, Monsters Inc. is a hit 2001. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, so the, the hit the the pathways that are blocked by the van, the the vines, they're not the same as like the first introductory doors you go to to get your first extra world per se. Right. Um, so I think there's different avenues you can travel <laughs> to, to access additional content in game. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. definitely there's definitely like um, offshoots in the in the valley and the plaza that lead to different that that lead to new areas of the map that I have yet to unlock. Now at this point, 
Mike has probably unlocked everything in the game. He's probably grown every plant in the game. He's probably discovered every character in the game. He'll be done with this game by tomorrow and moving on to (laughs) Far Cry New Dawn. I don't know. But um, you go into the castle and every door is barred by those dark vines. And in order to access those vines, you have to spend Dreamlight Essence. I'm calling it dreamlike essence, but it's, it's, it's named dreamlight, this currency that gives you access. So that's the, so dreamlight is the main currency, if you will, to gain access to new areas of the game. And you do that by helping your friends going on quests and building your town. Yeah. Um, And it's all, it's all connected very, very well. You have a house that you have that you can, that you can upgrade, that you can, add furniture you can buy out <laughs> currently i'm currently i'm rocking a um letterman jacket with a with a scrooge mcduck white t-shirt with uh red skinny jeans and a backpack i look dope um yeah. and i'm really enjoying i'm really enjoying the accessories part of this of this stuff you can add furniture you can cook you learn recipes um all this stuff that helps you um, and, and, and one of the, one of the first characters that you bring out into the world, you, you build them their home and they become a part of the community. So more buildings come up and, and Dreamlight Valley starts to look more like a bustling town, um, as you continue to play. Yeah. And the, and the I've screen talked you- a lot, so I think I'm going to shut up. No, you're fine. No, this is great. And, and the things that it adds to you, right. That make the, the play fun. Uh, first of all, in your house, there's a radio. If you turn that radio on while you're editing in your house, you now have Disney music playing in your house. Oh, do you? I haven't done that. Yeah. Also, as you're traversing the world outside of your house, Disney music will queue up and you will recognize this music and it will be amazing to hear it as you're running around. Very peaceful, very awesome, right? Uh, and you'll do from there. The menu systems that you pull up help you actually keep up with very easy Everything you have going on from collections to quests, whatever you need to do, uh, think of Animal Crossing in that way. How nice and together that was. This is very much like that. Uh, but yeah, it it's little things like that. John mentioned Scrooge McDuck. You quickly remember how much Scrooge McDuck likes money in this game. And every character you come across. And again, I want to reiterate how how amazing it is to be in a world with iconic Disney characters that are living, breathing. They look and sound like, except for Mickey's eyes. Uh, they look <laughs> like exactly like you think. And and one time I did a podcast and I did a review on Vader immortal. And I talked about how scary it was to be in VR to see Darth Vader back up. This is not like that. This is like, you're just kind of hanging out with Mickey mouse. It's kind of, it's kind of freaking awesome. Um, I, I do want to point out, and some of you may come across this and wonder how that's going to be. There's going to be, after the game releases, there is going to be microtransaction retailing. Okay. is Oh, has that been confirmed? Yes. Uh, but it's not in the sense of what you're thinking. It's going to be more in the sense of a season pass where you're going to get cosmetic items and think of the vast library of Disney cosmetic items you could get uh, with... Uh, with a money wall, I'm sorry, a money situation there. If you want to spend real life money to access that faster, much like you already do. Um, Will there be like a store? steam steam? Huh? Will there be a store kind of similar to Fortnite where you have your daily items? 
I want to say yes because in game, even currently playing it, a Pixar thing popped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, that stuff's free. They actually give you currency to use in that in that store. I think they're kind of getting you ready to the kind of things that are going to be in the stores. If you go to the Steam page right now, for example, it specifically states that it will have quote no monetization mechanism, such as paid energy systems or gameplay time skippers. That's the goal. It's literally just for you to get stuff that you like. When we went and got the DeLorean car, it did not change the way our game played in Rocket League. We were just in the DeLorean or the Batmobile or whatever it was. Um, it's actually a very mild trans- microtransaction model, to be Is quite this, honest with you. When this goes live, because I know it's on Game Pass, but when it goes live on Steam and elsewhere, um, is it free to play or is it? No, right now on Steam, uh, you have to spend 30 bucks to get the Founders Pack. Hmm. So it may be something like a $29 game or something like that. I don't know. But I, I'm glad you did brought it, bring up, brought it up. I'm glad you did brought it up. Uh, the game is on Game Pass. Uh, I don't I don't know if it's on PC Game Pass because John and it I is. got it on our, it is, Chris is confirming. John and I got it on our Xboxes and we're, we're loving it. Um, again, the game is super easy to navigate through. Um, everything's easy to find. You, you definitely know what you're doing. Heck, John mentioned when you're cooking, let's say that you, you're like, all right, you know, there's a recipe I want to cook. I forgot what I got to do. As you're standing there cooking, there's a button that says recipe. So you can look at the recipe and go, okay, I need those. Boom. Now you can throw them in your pot. Um, last night, John was running around and uh, something I audibly heard him say in my headset. I can't, there's no bananas. I can't find any bananas. There's no bananas here. <laughs> he was looking for bananas to make a thing that he wanted to make. Well, I was, I was also trying to make something that it didn't necessarily give me the recipe on. It just gave me a hint of what's in it and what the most important ingredient is. I made, I made it was a dessert, what it was. But what I ended up making was boiled eggs. <laughs> and well, John, then, man, <laughs> then I made a milkshake. It took hey, me forever to figure out that recipe. But one thing you did that I thought was cool, um, you were – you kind of give me a tip and I didn't do this, but like in, in one mission, you're like, dude, I took a picture of what he said that we got to make. Cause you wanted to kind of progress the story. I was trying to figure out how to make ratatouille last night. And apparently I was missing an ingredient, but I tightened that right on up and it looked, it looked delicious. Um, and I got to say, we've mentioned that it's early access. John, John, I don't know if you, if you saw something, but you, you kept asking me, do you, have you had any glitches yet? I currently have not had glitches. Um, it could be that you run across some some somewhat systemy glitchy stuff. Um, systemy glitchy stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything. I haven't seen anything in my limited gameplay uh, that that really warranted that. The only thing I had a problem with is I tried to stream it through the Xbox app on my PC, and there was a disconnect there. But that's more of the app. That's not the game. Okay. You know what I mean? So, I wonder. I'm I'm curious to see what their future plans with this is, as far as online. Like, can like I think in Animal Crossing, you can you can visit other people's areas. Like, it'd be it'd be neat to kind of visit other people's valleys or whatever. unless all the valleys are going to be the same. Um, for the most part, I don't know that I'd want to. Part of the Animal uh, Crossing charm is that you get to go see how they decided to do their land, if you will, help them on things. 
but I, I do would I would welcome that because you know we are in a, at the year 2022, and I know people get mad when folks say things like that. But online is kind of essential on some certain aspects of games, uh, so that would be cool. But um, it's crazy. Uh, just this thing is so Disney in a good in the good way, and I know that there probably is somebody that listening that hates Disney, yeah, and everything it's, they stand for. But it's really it's really blown up. Um, it seems. I don't know to what extent. I, I don't have any metric or measurement for you to tell you in comparison to, to how well it's doing. It's hard to say. But it's being talked about a lot. And it's got um it's got um it's got that very precise, um, very positive rating on Steam. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so People are really people are really seeming to embrace this and enjoying it. It's a and to me so far, um, it's the to me it's like the biggest surprise of the year for me. Yeah, there's no toys to life aspect of it uh, early on in the stream, and so I'll let the podcast know. I don't know if we actually caught this, but one I think it was Nacho asked, "Is it better than Disney Infinity?" If you listen to this show, you John and I were big Star Wars fans. We loved that franchise. And Disney pulled the plug on us. And you can see them possibly bringing Star Wars and all these different properties. Might be overkill, but in the foreseeable future, as this game expands, if it continues to be embraced, they could do stuff like that. Yeah. I just cut off Mickey's ears with my lightsaber. <laughs> I love this game. <laughs> well, one of the one of the coolest moments so far for me, for real, was uh, Scrooge. Scrooge has a shop. Imagine that Scrooge has money he's trying to make. And the first time you go into the shop, you finally actually see these cosmetics. And I was, John, you want to tell him what I said when I saw <laughs> the teapot? You don't have to be verbatim, but you know, I was very <laughs> excited to see some teapots. I'll tell you well, that. Well, obviously, this is Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast um, and, and, Chip. And, and Chip and all those. And when he saw the teapot in the store, he about come unglued. He, <laughs> that's I think that's when I think that's when the game became um uh, at least an eight out of ten for him. At least, yeah. <laughs> he was so he's like, it's the effing beauty and the beast, Mrs. Potts. I mean, he was just losing it. He was just it, losing it. All of that stuff, it's not like an in-your-face thing. Uh, again, you're sitting here dealing with iconic characters. Uh, and if you love the Disney world, the Disney vibe, everything Disney, you're going to play this game. If your kids love it, they're going to play this game and love it. Tinley watched me initially, and she she commented on how pretty my character was, but also noticed that I had some crazy eyeshadow on. Yes, I created a girl as well. I tried to make her kind of look like Elsa, but I knew I wanted to eventually put some glasses on her, maybe a hat and a hoodie. Um. So, but she also is rocking some Mickey ears right now, which is fantastic. I mean, I'm running around a world, right, with Mickey ears on. And when I need an, uh, a tool, I pull out the tool that I need. I get things done. I go on adventures. I make food, you know? Mm-hmm. So what else could you want, right, potentially in a game? It's, it's very addicting. I love a good addicting. What? Uh, and I don't know if you missed this uh, in chat. We're asking, is there any RPG elements? Yeah, there's some RPG elements. I actually said it's it's kind of like Animal Crossing meets an RPG game, but a very light RPG game. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching the stream and paying close attention to Chris, he's almost in disbelief that we are here today talking. No, 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 no. I was in disbelief. Sean didn't read the second part of that RPG elements question. (laughs) Well, that's because... I know what he's referring to. Can you imagine though, Sean, if they gave you a virtual reality option to uh, this dude? Do you know I used to think if I got you a virtual would, you reality would quit the show, you divorced yeah. your wife, yeah. and you would just go live in Dream Life Valley. French is Stephanie, right? So <laughs> if they gave me a virtual World of Warcraft, a Harry Potter world, or now obviously a Disney type world where it was an ongoing world where every day put on a VR headset and be in this world. It'd be amazing. But I'm telling you right now, this game is free. If you have an Xbox or PC, get it for free. Enjoy it. Uh, It's only 30 bucks. If you decide to go steam, Um, there's a lot of bugs going on. It's going to, it's going to be, they say there's a lot of bugs going on, but you got to remember it's still in early access. Uh, I don't know if Fortnite still is, but think about how long Fortnite was in early access, but they kept making the game better. I hope they do that with this game. Well, do we need do we need to add anything else, Chris? Do you have any questions? No, I think you guys covered it. <laughs> Fizzle Gig said, "God loves three hundred and sixty pound Tinkerbell fans." <laughs> yes, God does. If you're implying that John and I are three sixty, maybe together we are top peak physical condition. We are. I tell you what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it might be inappropriate for a Disney game, but should we lay down our Richards? <laughs> we're laying down a Richard for this game. I joked with John. Uh, I was like, John, what if when it's said and done, this game gets the first 11? Like, and I spelled out the word 11, you know? And it's funny because we joked last night. We were like, dude, how good can this game be? Are we overreacting? Like, what is happening right now? This game's effing amazing. It's not perfect, but amazing doesn't always mean perfect. You know? What do you say, John? So I'm going to go ahead and give it a provisional because it's an early access. We might come back to this title once it releases officially, although I have not heard any official release date. It could be one of those Fortnite forever beta versions, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> um, I want to give it more. So, so bad. I really do. But I'm going to stick with an 8.5 right now. Um, only because I've, I've barely scratched the surface. And that's, the good, and that's part of the good news. So yeah. this, is, this is 100% in contention for my game of the year list. Yeah. <laughs> he, it, this, this, is, this is probably how I would have felt had I played DC Superhero Girls last year (laughs) this is probably the feeling that i was missing this game is so fun and it's so good so far um i'm gonna go slightly higher and give it a no uh because it has people think i want to (laughs) i just did it because f it it is so fun uh but i gotta it's a caveat you gotta at least kind of like or like disney stuff Maybe you forgot how much you liked it, right? Um, it's not a perfect game, but man, it's fun. And it's it's everything's there. Music, nostalgia, adventure, you know, you can what is what did you say Mike likes games with a checklist of to-dos? 
Chris, there's a checklist of to-dos. I laughed when you gave it, when you mentioned it's in your game of the year. Because Chris, today as a joke, was like, I swear to God, if you and John come at the end of the year and John's up and he's, we don't know what his number one game is and we forgot and he says Disney's Dreamlight Adventures or whatever it's called. Well, guys, uh, it's been a great two or 395 yeah. episodes, but um, I think we're done here. Um, <laughs> it's like, how did John go from Doom <laughs> Disney Dreamlight Valley? If they added metal to this game. <laughs> <laughs> They technically could uh, with that movie Upward that one of the characters in that movie, he rocked out. That would be cool. That movie, by the way, that's a sleeper hit if you haven't seen. Is that what it's called? Let me make sure I'm not quoting it wrong. Uh, Disney's, if I do Up, it's going to Upward, right? Onward. Onward. Not Upward. Onward. It's a great movie. It's about, if you haven't seen Onward, you need to. I'm not going to plug that movie. Disney makes enough movie. Oh, uh, here's a good tidbit I just found. Um, so in terms of price, if you do buy this on steam right now, um, as Sean said, it's 30 bucks, but once it actually goes to its full release, it will be a fully free to play live as service game. So that's so, you know, like if you want to wait and all that, cause like I was like reading, that was like the one thing I was like, the one part that's not hanging up. I was like, I hear bow pass and I'm hearing store content and I'm like, this sounds like, you know, where you make your money for these things. So I was like, why would you charge 30 bucks? And now I'm like, Oh, okay. You're paying 30 bucks for the privilege to come in here and see this while they're working on it and go ahead and start building your base. But for those who, you know, if you just got kids or whatever, right. And you want to wait uh, for the final product, then, then, you know, it will just be a free to play game for you to go. Nice. Yeah. We're enjoying it a lot. We, I, I really hope I play it more. I know John hopes he gets the chance to play it more. Um, he, he knows on the horizon, on the horizon, he's got some squids to, to squirt, you know. But in the meantime, it's going to be hard for us to put this game down for sure. Thank you guys so much for giving us the platform to talk about it. John and I are going to run off now and go play some more Disney Dreamlight. Chris has got the news, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> All up the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News. And the news, uh, the news is so thick this week, boys. We could have made it a topic if we wanted to. Uh, John and I joked about that. Chris just gave the approval nod, and by doing that, he gets to go first. So this is a big one. This is some good. This is some good chunky stuff. <laughs> Read this college <laughs> paper that is the Ubisoft forward. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Infinity officially revealed with two new games with one coming to the much requested feudal Japan. Assassin's Creed Infinity in essence will be a centralized hub that will serve as the future of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Infinity is not a game per se, but a place where players will explore and jump into future entries. Other future titles include Assassin's Creed Hex, which promises to be a very different game that may feature witchcraft. In addition, multiplayer will return at some point. Assassin's Creed Mirage is the next Assassin's Creed entry we will be getting, and it will be coming out sometime in 2023. The game will star Basam uh, and will take place in Baghdad uh, and will take place 20 years before Valhalla. 
Assassin's Creed Jade is an open-world Assassin's Creed game for mobile devices that will take place in ancient China and will work with touch controls. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the last chapter, will tie up loose ends to Eivor's story to the given Who the f*** is Eivor? Eivor, Ivor, Eivor is the main character. No, I mean, like, I don't know who that is. That's the joke. Ah. I Because spoilers, I don't, I don't know. I'm dumb. Did they say, did they give a date on that, John, by chance? Like a timeline? They did not give, they didn't give release dates to anything. Wow. AC related. Gotcha. All right. uh, Continuing to non-Assassin's Creed news here. uh, Mario plus Rabbids is right around the corner. And the director announced DLC, including one that will bring Rayman into the world of Mario Rabbids. Hey, that's cool. Trackmania is headed to consoles with cross-platform play and cross-progression. The Division Heartland is getting another test phase and is still on track for a 2022 or 2023 release date. The Division 2 Season 10 Price of Power will have agents hunting down General Peter Anderson and has launched as of September 13th. And finally, Skull and Bones' new trailer showed off uh, ship customization in the trading network called The Helm. That's a lot of Assassin's Creed news for something. Yeah, well, it, it was much anticipated. Remember, it got leaked and everything, too. Yeah. Another thing John noticed in like, uh, and I don't, we haven't looked anywhere else, but he noticed after this announcement, the, uh, the icons for each game changed on like the Microsoft store and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it may be a, a kind of a rebranding that they're doing. It awesome. kind of, a lot of it kind of matches the template of the 15th anniversary marketing yeah. material. Gotcha. Yeah. It, which kind of occurred to me as we were reading this, but you know, it's great. It's, it's, it's really interesting stuff for Assassin's Creed. Obviously Assassin's Creed was the star of the show. Um, it was, uh, it was slightly off putting to me that bar none, but at a minimum, you couldn't even announce a release date for the DLC for Valhalla. Yeah. Much less, you know, when, when, when Mirage, whatever, whatever it was called at the time, I don't remember, but it was, it was supposed to be slated for a holiday release. And it was believable because at one time this was kind of a DLC um, thing, kind of in similar to the vein of, I guess what brotherhood was. Yeah. And I think, I think some of the retail pricing I've seen is this game is going to be $49 retail, but it's a little disappointing when they ask. So, so when can we see Assassin's Creed Mirage? Do we have a release date? And the lady said, yes, 2023. Yeah. Which just struck me as something really, strange i mean for that i mean that almost tells me that we could be getting this as the holiday release for assassin's creed infinity i was not looking forward to hearing much about infinity but when they talked about it and sort of described what it was it's interesting can't wait to see more but it's like to me the, the way they described it it's like this centralized hub to everything in the AC universe going forward. Not sure if they can incorporate all the previous games into it, but you know, just this place for social interaction, this new idea for multiplayer, all that stuff. Where, where do you go to get to the infinity to the app? 
it's it's they haven't really communicated it. They've just sort of communicated broad concepts. What it is. I got you. Is there There's like more, a dot net we gotta go to or something? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think Chris, you're probably not kidding when you say the app, right? No, I think it will launch as its own app and I could see it like going, okay, here's this section here that's classic Assassin's Creed. And as John said, if you already own those games, then they'll appear there and you can launch them through there. Or maybe if they want to take out the future <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. It just put the core. I want to go be Avor or uh, Altair or you know, I, yeah. all those other ones. Like just get those classic experience that's there. Here's your hub for the multiplayer games. And then here's the hub for the new experiences that are coming within this. Um, my fear is kind of to what John said, because we didn't get release dates. If Mirage ends up being holiday 2023, how far away are we actually from the launch of infinity? And what does that look like? Is it going to be day one? Here are these two new experiences and the launch of the multiplayer mode, which sounds cool. Cause it sounds like it's pulling in every era of Assassin's Creed you could play as, right? You could be someone from Edward Kenway's era, or you could be someone Ooh. from, <laughs> you know, from uh, Eivor's era, era, whatever. Um, that sounds really interesting. And uh, people actually forget this, like low-key. Multiplayer Assassin's Creed was actually really cool. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was unique and felt like nothing else at, at the time. So I hope they could bring something like that back. But I'm just... My fear is like, is this 2025? Is it maybe if they have the same problems that everyone else is having where these bigger games are taking longer and longer to make that we're talking about 2026? I don't know. You know. Yeah. And one thing to keep in mind that, I, that, they, that they emphasized a little bit during the program and then afterwards, um, you're seeing all these different types of games. You, you see this mobile open world game. You see this what has probably been requested by fans for a decade that an Assassin's Creed game take place in feudal Japan. Um, and then you see Mirage, which is more of that traditional approach. What they've said is they're no longer making every Assassin's Creed experience that 125 hour encapsulate everything in an AC game for the, for the player. They're no longer doing that going forward. They're going to approach every game with more of a, Kind of a, I bet. Is, I bet it's gonna be like Destiny too. This is this is a little bit reaching, but almost that Nintendo approach where they decide what they want to do with the game, then they decide how to build it, and that building it doesn't necessarily mean we're making this vast open world AC Odyssey slash Valhalla experience every single time when they can just simply give you Assassin's Creed Two, if it, that makes sense. It reminds me, or I guess my low key hope is that maybe it will end up being something like how war the Warhammer games have been, where there are so many different types of Warhammer games, I, right? Sure. You have like Dark Tide, but then you also have ones where it's a bow simulator, those kinds mm -hmm. of things. Like maybe they could find a way to have an Assassin's Creed horde mode game, and that's what it is. Or if they want to do something with this witch uh, game they have maybe that's kind of like their supernatural zombie whatever type thing who knows it would just be cool to see them be able to take the combat systems they have and maybe apply them to some different genres but still make it feel like you're playing an assassin's creed game to some extent you're getting that yeah. relationship 
And they also emphasize that going forward, when Infinity comes out, whatever it is, that the modern day storyline will only exist inside of Infinity. Yeah. So you can almost think of it as as that hub, that centralized hub, is that modern day storyline mm-hmm. branching out. It's almost like, almost like in Black Flag, you you know, Abstergo, you have these kiosks where someone comes in and relives these experiences. Maybe that's kind of in essence what infinity is. We'll see. That'd be cool. It's interesting. What are you more excited about though in the near future, Mario plus rabbits or skull and bones? Cause I know you like, I know you like one of those franchises and I know you're excited about the other. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I think right now, skull and bones, um, Mario rabbits, what I saw of the game, I'm excited about it. Don't get me wrong, but it looks it looks almost too busy and it, it almost you're, I'm worried that it's going to sort of collapse under its own weight it's, because the first, one was, it, the first one was very simplistic. Yeah. It was, it was a combat system with a little bit of exploring upgrading this, weapons. This one is a, this one is like, you're exploring. this one is looks full on Mario, uh, super Mario RPG. It's almost like they're trying to go do that game with this, which is exciting. But it looks like it's doing a lot. And the combat system is no longer XCOM. It's something else, but I haven't really, I don't really know what to put my finger on it. Fire and, Emblem, and maybe? Maybe more, maybe more Fire Emblem than, than XCOM. Yeah. Very excited yeah. about it, but, but Skull and Bones kind of is really, it's really doing something. It's, 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 it's really lines, doing it's something. Warming them up. It's Please. like F God of War, man. F God of War. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I got your Ragnarok right here. I just like I'm gonna that name my canon Ragnarok. You're like saying, yeah, it's an Ubisoft sequel where they're adding a lot more into it. I'm like, gee, that just sounds like every that Ubisoft like game when does Ubisoft I've played. <laughs> hey, Sean, wasn't wasn't the name of your uh, Richard one time Ragnarok? <laughs> It was Ragnarok and also Warhammer. So a lot of those that you brought up before. Nice. Mine's mine's uh, Skull and Bones. <laughs> well, if you just mentioned playing God of War, if I don't have a PlayStation, I'm going to be all in on Skull and Bones, boys. Uh, but I digress. Uh, let's continue with the news because that is that was a big one. Uh, we're not done, though, with the directs and the showcases and all of these things. We're going to talk about the Disney and Marvel one next. Here we go. John's favorite person, Amy Hennig. And Skydance have announced a new Captain America and Black Panther story set in World War II. According to reports, Black Panther in this game is T'Challa's grandfather. Marvel's Midnight Suns will now be released on December 2nd with the Switch version to be determined. Uh, There's a new co-op Mickey Mouse and Friends game. It's called Illusion Island. And it has been announced exclusively for the Nintendo Switch and it will be in the year 2023. That's not that far away. Uh, Aliens Dark Descent gameplay trailer was revealed for the PC and also for consoles in 2023, and it will feature a squad-based top-down shooter. Um, I'm pretty sure John likes Aliens, so he'll probably probably play that game, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, we just talked about Disney's Dreamlight Valley. Well, guess what? Later this year, it's going to get a new Toy Story realm. So in a way, that's a spoiler, because that means it's not there now, but at least you'll be getting it. Um in a game I think John and I both wish we played more of. We Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. It is getting a new galactic edition and new characters on November 1st. So there's your most up-to-date news on Disney and Marvel. Captain America and Black Panther looked uh, 
I mean, I know it was just a CGI trailer, but I was like, yes, yes, I will probably check that out. <laughs> I hope it's not uh, the the way they phrased it um, with narr- with narrative heavy elements. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's an action game. The, what what Hennig is uncharted known for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I was worried. I got the impression that it could be more like halfway telltale. But ah, I don't do that. I don't want to do that because oh, because this game looks dope. I'm ready. Don't for even it. put that in the universe, John. <laughs> I think it will be very much uncharted, probably without the platforming. Sure. Yeah, you know, but like, yeah, going down the streets and all of a sudden, Cap's driving the vehicle, and you know, T'Challa's just sitting back there. Nazis are jumping at him, and and Hydra's people are coming at him, and then you know, later on, you know, Cap throws the shield, and then T'Challa goes and jumps off the shield and punches Red Surf's Skull on the shield for a minute. Yeah, punches Red Skull in the face, and we're like, ah, Wakanda, and all that kind and of stuff. And then we go, ah. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's why I also I can't wait. I, I can't wait for Midnight Suns. I think that's going to be a really fun experience. I'm, I'm interested because the card element is so unique and it's not mm-hmm. something they've done uh Fire Axis at least with their games yeah, with the- XCOM. So I don't know what to think of it yet. I'm just glad because when we heard that it was getting delayed, it sounded like the earliest was going to really be 2023. So it's nice to know it's still coming this this holiday before the. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, I kind of wish we could instead of uh, Mickey and Friends, I wish we get another. Um, was that the Illusion game? What was Castle it of Illusions? No, mm-hmm. no, hold up, the Mickey Mouse painting game. What oh, Epic Mickey. Epic Mickey. Yes, sorry, Warren Spector. Second time uh-huh. I said that name today. Huh? <laughs> I said Warren Spector. Second time I said that name. That was an inside oh. joke for me and Sean. <laughs> it's like I thought Sean's uh, screen froze, and, and I, I broke. Think he was I just... broke. I broke Sean. That's why I did. <laughs> you definitely broke Sean. I didn't know what to do. Oh my god. Um. Ah. Uh, whew. There it is. There that was. John, are you excited about that Aliens game though? Uh. I'm excited for an Aliens game. There you go. That's I'm all always, we need to hear. I'm always waiting for a good one. Right. And uh, I, I think <laughs> when we get into this Nintendo Direct, though, there's more things you're more excited about. What do you think? Yeah, let's, 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 let's do this. So uh, Nintendo Direct happened. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. Now, a lot was covered, so we're covering the highlights here. So there's probably something I missed that somebody might have wished was in there but we'll see the sequel to this little game called breath of the wild uh is the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom and it's coming out may 12th 2023 that's big um yeah Mm -hmm. so uh, the trailer opens up and you see a lot of this symbology on the walls like you know almost like uh hieroglyphics um and it's sort of reminiscent of that early trailer where Link and Zelda are going through this cavern with torches. So, but you still get that, you, you still get that imagery of old school Skyward Sword. So you, you gotta, you gotta think that there's something connected here, but anyway, look forward to that. 
Pikmin 4 was revealed by Miyamoto with a release window of 2023. Pikmin. Always love a good Pikmin. Fire Emblem Engage. Yes. Was announced as a new mainline game featuring Marth <gasps> with a release date of January 20th, 2022. So that's right around the corner. Always good to have a early game uh, in the course of the year. Yeah, buddy. I don't know how to tell you this, but it's September 2022. By this news piece, the game's already out. I can so play it I now? Mean? Did I say that? Did you I say said 2022 of January. Jan- why? Why did I say that? I'm, I, I was looking right at it. I'm having an aneurysm. Of, so, okay, so forgive me. That release date is January 20th, 2022. You did it again. 2023, said- John. 2023. <laughs> Do you know why? Because the article said 2022. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> no, I thought you said I was saying September 22nd. No, I'm telling That's you that it, it is September of 2020. Can you just read the rest of this? I'm no. incompetent. <laughs> That's why I play Disney games. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, which I never got to play on the Wii, is bringing a Wii Classic to Switch and will be arriving on February 24th, 2023. Mm-hmm. 2023. Octopath Traveler 2! Nice. This was a big one. Was announced with a release date of February 24th, 2023. Yeah. There's a lot Wave of games th- coming out on February 24th, by the way. Yeah, they had like three games. <laughs> Wave three of Mario Kart courses makes its way to Mario Kart 8 this holiday and will include Merry Mountain from Mario Kart Tour mm-hmm. and DC Peach Gardens from Mario Kart DS. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Wave 2 of DLC adds a new mechanical hero called Ino. I know what. The first Splatfest will be arriving soon. <laughs> I was thinking of something dirty. Uh, the first Splatfest will be arriving soon and will ask players to decide if they'd rather bring gear, grub, or fun with them to a deserted island. Tunic will make its way to Nintendo Switch later this month. And finally, uh, I believe uh, at least one of y'all's game of the year will be coming to the Switch in November. It takes two, and it will include wireless co-op play. Now, John, the reason you got so hyped for this, right, was because it takes two is coming to the Switch, right? What's that? Sorry, the, I keep the, getting the thing that get, got you so hype for this direct was because it takes two is coming to the Nintendo switch, right? Still not hyped about this. <laughs> couldn't even be, couldn't begin to tell you how much I don't care. Now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, Octopath Traveler two, I was not expecting. I can't wait to play that. It even looks more beautiful than the original does. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah. Breath of the wild. Obviously I'm excited for this game, but I was when when that last trailer showed and I knew that I was watching the clock, man, I knew that they were just JRPG after JRPG, after JRPG, after JRPG story of seasons, another farming simulator, this and that resident evil and resident evil on cloud services, which is never good on switch. Sorry to say they, they, they might clean that up at some point, but it's never been very impressive Mm. on switch. It's not that I'm not excited about, uh, what's it called? Tears of the Kingdom. And every new Zelda title is always difficult to roll off the tongue at first. It takes a good solid six months for it to start sounding normal. Breath of the Wild sounded weird when I first heard it. All I wanted, guys, 
and I and I and I can't take I can't take fault in this because it's been heavily rumored. Insiders has been have been insisting that these things are happening for the September direct that we were getting announcements for Wind Waker HD and Metroid Prime HD. And that's all I wanted. That is all I wanted. So even a game as amazing <laughs> and anticipation as Breath of the Wild 2 was a disappointment to me. When I saw the trailer for the new Zelda game, I was like, Ugh. and I know that's weird. I would have rather had an announcement of Wind Waker HD over this because I knew it wasn't coming this year. Yeah, and no, I talked to John about that, and it was more so. Uh, <laughs> it was more so the fact that he, what he meant was, let me go ahead and speak, John. If he could get the Wind Waker game this fall and still know that the we knew we were getting Breath of the Wild, we hoped in 2023, he'd be good with that. But now he's just got neither one until 2023. Sure. Maybe but, he could have hope, though. Maybe. Maybe Metroid Prime 4 is coming next fall. Maybe that, that game doesn't exist anymore. I'm just mm-hmm. being an optimist here. You never do this. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. The funny thing to me, uh, by the way, yeah, Legend of Zelda looked beautiful. Bayonetta looks beautiful. Can't wait. One, I like when they do the, uh, and, and John has said this a few times, and we've even hinted at some things that we didn't officially put on the news or what have you. There's a lot more to unpack from that direct. It was a 40-minute one. One download that you can go get today is uh, Harvestella. Yeah. I actually am excited to try the that demo. demo. Right, it's a yeah. demo. Yeah, download you can get for the demo. Uh, I'm going to try that out. That's a That's a potential future game that Sean plays. And I know that there were, I can't remember the name of the game, Chris. Do you remember the art style looked very, very indie. It looked different. That one caught your attention too. Uh, I um, cannot for the, I, I think I know which one you're talking called. about. I just yeah. thought, Oh yeah, that looked different. I don't know if I would say I, I saw was, your face though. I saw Chris's face kind of zone in on that one. I was just like, what is this? I don't know if it's yeah, something like, I'm going to play. Crazy. The low key thing that was interesting in this was, as John said, that, you know, one part Nintendo really is becoming the console, at least where you debut and talk about um, <laughs> JRPGs right now, especially mm. if they're bringing back classic versions of them and updating them. Yeah. But I kind of pointed out to Sean as we were watching it. So I was like, man, everyone put farming in their game. Like there were maybe six games I counted of these JRPG looking type ones that had some farming element. I was like, I guess people really loved Stardew Valley and animal crossing and they're trying to find a way to incorporate these mechanics into their game, which is kind of cool. You know, they actually see something impact that way. Uh, and a lot of them looked really cool. It's yeah. just, you know, it, they're giving you that zip, 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 zip it along, zip it along, zip it along. So there was a lot of content. But 35 minutes, they said this is going to be a 40-minute show. 35 minutes started showing up, and I'm like, oh, my God. That's, yeah. this is going to well, you be- had to see Miyamoto's Pikmin shirt, and he had to show you his phone to show you the Pikmin game on the phone. Yeah, and, and this look, this Pikmin <laughs> game on mobile is dead in the water. It, it's not going to matter. 
this is just fast forward a year from now and it's like made greatest game ever nintendo so smart for finally bringing (laughs) pikmin to the phone nintendo is now (laughs) worth as much as microsoft and they have pikmin to thank for it but um can you imagine yeah fire emblem that was a really nice surprise it makes my january uh even more clouded than it was already getting because dead space is in there and Forspoken is also in january so that's gonna be a busy month but uh i have to give them credit because i've given them slack before even though i agree there's some things with the jrpg side they could have probably pulled out and just put on Twitter. Never. (laughs) (laughs) For the most part, they haven't really done a direct since the beginning of this year. And if you think about it, you had, if you're thinking just Nintendo, right? You had Fire Emblem at the beginning to lead it off. Um, You had Octopath Traveler 2 and Kirby, things like that. A couple little updates to go around it in the middle. And then, of course, Pikmin 4 and the release date for Legend of Zelda at the end. That's not a bad 40 minutes. It flew by, even though there were certain things I didn't care about that were on there, or I don't think the majority of people are going to care about unless they're just really big into JRPGs. It was a good 40 minutes, and it, it, it felt like it earned the title of a full direct and was worth checking out as it aired, as opposed to just waiting and watching some trailers afterwards right so good for them so surprising though um what was their turn-based strategy games that they canceled due to the ukraine um those i don't know offhand those it was like tanks and they were um, oh yeah i know what you're talking about advanced wars advanced wars nothing it's like it's like is that game dead is that game just not coming out anymore because of the Ukraine? Uh, it just blew when they canceled that because of the Ukraine. I was like, I don't understand the logic there, but I guess we're just never going to see those again. And from what I understand, those things were ready to go. Maybe those they're things, just those things were practically done. Maybe they're just going to hold it in hopes that the war will be over. Um, who knows? But and then speaking of wars. <laughs> We do have an update on a war of words, ladies and gentlemen. Last week, head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, made the statement that Call of Duty games will remain on PlayStation platforms for at least several more years. PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan is calling Spencer's offer inadequate. Quote, Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account on the impact of our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. That's interesting just because Jim Ryan doesn't usually talk. (laughs) He's kind of fine to just sit back. I know there was the little fiasco with them in Brazil earlier in the summer where they kind of put out a statement and it didn't come off very well. And someone at Microsoft was smart enough to go give this to the PR department and let them go have at them. Right. Which they did and did not make PlayStation look the greatest. I kind of like hear it and I just go, I don't imagine a future 
where Call of Duty is not going to be on PlayStation. I don't think Phil has hinted that is the case. I think the only thing is, is that right now they're saying you'll get for certain what is promised, which I think is another three games on top of this one that's coming out. And then another three that they're saying after that. So you're talking about, you've got the, you've got the pre you already predetermined Activision deal plus what Bill Spencer has promised. So that's, we're looking at 2027. And that's, that's well, remember, and they've already said they're not putting one out next year. So, right. It's, it's potentially longer. You know, you're talking about six or seven years at least before this thing goes away. And the truth of the matter is, I think one thing, well, one of two things is going to happen. I recall duty is going to do away with just having annualized releases under Microsoft and becomes a hub, maybe something like Assassin's Creed infinity, where you have Warzone, you have multiplayer maps and you have something like zombies and they'll add as they see fit with new release packs or just maybe seasons or whatever, right? And make their money that way. Or probably in three or four years when they're, or six, seven years when they're ready to make more Call of Duty games, they will probably put them on PlayStation because as they've already said earlier this summer in that Brazil filing, it just, it doesn't make financial sense for them not to do it. It's something where we're not talking about the difference between Call of Duty sells 10 million on PlayStation and 8 million on, uh, or 20 million on Xbox, right? And you're like, yeah, it hurts, but we can say it's an exclusive for us now. It's like, no, this game sells about 20 million on PlayStation. And if you're Microsoft, you aren't too keen to just be throwing away that much money for something that you paid $75 billion. So I get it. It's kind of a PR thing. It's kind of just y'all deal with this. That's what I felt like Jim Ryan was doing, like have fun with this in the PR cycle for a couple of days and see what happens. I don't think it's going to really matter in any way. Actually though, as we go down the field, maybe at best they're just trying to get a better deal for themselves, but I don't know. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I'm sure Jim Ryan is good at something, which is the reason he's the CEO. But to me, he's like this, he's this, <laughs> he's this bean counter. And, and he, I mean, no offense to Chris. He's, he's an analyst. He, he's got to be some, sure. something of he that. He probably makes nature. some money. He's not a Jack Trenton. Like Jack Trenton didn't understand necessarily video games in, in a, in a full depth, but he understood people. And he understood relationships and knew how to talk to people and he knew how to sell something. He could sell you a pin. Sell me this pin, Wolf of Wall Street. But, you know, it's like <laughs> Jim, Jim Ryan goes, goes on a tirade about a deal that's seven years away from collapsing. You had time to deal with this without, without raising the alarm Seven years before anything happens. And you're right, Chris. Last gen, like what, 20, 30% of like Call of Duty's revenue came from PlayStation 4. But it's important to understand (laughs) that as far as Xbox goes, I can totally see that if they can figure out a way to put this on Game Pass as a value-added service, I'm going to use that term, 
Mm-hmm. Because that's what that's what makes that's what makes Game Pass attractive. What kind of value add you bring to the platform? Sure. If they can get away seven years from now to stra- I'm just that's probably why Spencer's not saying a whole lot. Because I think in their ideal world, if they can get away with building up the property to where it's to where it's profitable for them on Game Pass, they're gonna do it. Because seven years from now is a very different picture. PlayStation could be in a very different position when it comes to Call of Duty. I don't. I will. I will say to Call of. To, to, I mean, PlayStation. This is what this is what kills me about PlayStation. They buy Bungie, so they own Bungie, but they just can't tell them what to do. <laughs> That's yeah. the kind of deals PlayStation makes. And then Spencer's over here buying everything under the sun going, not only do we own you, you can't do anything you want to do unless I say it. If you want Call of Duty on on just Xbox, guess what? It's going to be on Xbox. But PlayStation True. doesn't put itself in a position to do anything like that. They need to spend the, se- se- the next seven years planning for the possibility that Call of Duty will not exist on their platform. They need to get themselves a shooter that is comparable. Because Call of Duty is not going anywhere. People like to say that it is, but it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And and Xbox knows that. But this, this what Jim Ryan said, made no sense strategically to say it at this point in the game. I don't understand why he would do it. But this is the same guy. I think you can go online and find a picture of him holding a controller, looking like he's never held a controller a day in his life. <laughs> you know this is not a gamer. That doesn't mean he's bad for PlayStation, for the big picture, but they need to keep him away from the game conversations. They need to send somebody else out there to handle that kind of stuff. Who was more of a gamer? Reggie feels like me? Or yes. Doug Bowser? Oh. Who's Reggie more of a gamer? Reggie. 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 <laughs> I don't know though. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, go huh? ahead, Sean. Yeah, I was, I was, I was fixing the pivot, so you better get it in. Oh, I was gonna say, I still don't think even if they go to a games of service type thing, they'll still put it on PlayStation because they. It's, it, it's just they'll sit there and they'll be like, "Hey, if you come play on Game Pass, you'll get double XP weekends more, or you'll get additional items with every season pass right out the gate that PlayStation won't get." But they're not gonna. No, put, they're not going to try to put any separation. They're going to be like, if you want to get on your PlayStation five and play call of duty, you can still do it today with your pals on Xbox and on PC that I just don't see them ever separating that out. They're put it on game pass that, for Xbox owners and you got to pay $70 to get it on PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the way the market works today, the way it looks today, of mm. course it makes no financial sense Correct. to not put it on PlayStation. Yeah. But I'm just saying that that Xbox is potentially giving itself seven years sure. to give them the option, try to get to a point. Yeah, kind of like Elder where Scrolls. Call of Duty will belong to Xbox. Yeah, I give I'll, I'll because give I you think that. it bothered. I think it bothered Xbox when they lost Call of Duty after the 360 generation. Yeah, I think that stung. It's all Don Matrix's fault. <laughs> Stupid Don Matrix. Yeah, I could definitely though. You you are right in that. If we go in seven years from now, there's 120 million people subscribed somehow to Game Pass. Then, yeah, why not? Screw Sony mm-hmm. if you're that point. And it, it's kind of like I think that's what they're doing a little bit also with something like Skyrim is or I'm sorry, Elder Scrolls is that they know that game's not coming till 2028 at the earliest. So they don't have to rush to make a decision on what it needs to be on right now. Yeah, I mean... 
Call of Duty is the biggest bargaining chip in all of gaming. It's like Sp- Spencer can go, yeah, guys, you can have you can have Call of Duty on PlayStation. Just <laughs> download the Game Pass app and you can play it right from the app Actually, on your PlayStation Seven. The it would be- I mean, imagine that. I mean, let's be honest. Isn't that the ideal thing that Spencer would want? An Xbox Game Pass app on a PlayStation Five or Six. Actually, the more if he was really wanting to be cold hearted, if he just went, sure, Jim, you can have Call of Duty every year. Mm. I sure would love it though if we could have Marvel Spider Man and <laughs> and Uncharted on Game Pass at some point. That would be the cold hearted move. And yeah, just and, give us, you know. And if you're Jim but, Ryan, you know, it might actually be in your business sense, worth it to do it because call well, of duty makes so much money. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, call of duty. I mean, I understand that there's concern. I just wouldn't have publicly demonstrated that concern now because it's way too, too far off. And there's many, there's too many conversations to be had to be pulling this sure. because call of duty on PlayStation right now, far outsells the best selling exclusives that Sony has. I mean, that's one thing to keep in perspective. It's like double the sales of of God of Wars and Spider Man's and all it 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 just doubles sales. I mean, Call of Duty n- none of their exclusives hold a candle to what to what kind of money Call of Duty makes on the PlayStation Five uh, or PlayStation platform. And I'll shut up unless I have to read now. That's I can't remember. <clears throat> it's it's me. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, hey. I just wanted to say that Call of Duty is important. Uh, that's all I added to that conversation. That is keen insight, sir. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just trying to wake up my voice <laughs> here. Uh, Bonnie Ross has departed 343 Studios. That's right. That's kind of big news. But hey, listen, it's not exactly what you think, considering what we talked about last week and the Halo stuff. Just listen. Head and founder of 343 Studios has announced her departure from the studio. Here's a quote. While I had hoped to stay with Halo until we released a winter update, I'm letting you know I will be leaving 343 and attending to a family medical issue. I'm incredibly proud of the work everyone at 343 Industries has done with Halo Infinite, the Master Chief Collection, the Halo television series, and so much more. It has been an honor to serve alongside the team for the last 15 years and to be a part of a universe that I love. So Bonnie Ross is departing. You think that's going to shake up three four three boys? God yeah. yes. I I don't. And I think that, I think there's more to it than just this. I don't Do disagree that she's leaving right now. Yeah, I won't. I'll take her at her word. She's leaving because of a family medical issue, a little, like it's a today. Sus though, isn't it? But the fact that she said she was going to leave after the winter update, I don't think she was leaving after the winter update. I think anyone who's paid attention to Halo understands that leadership changes need to be made and they're really going to have to have a long conversation with whoever comes in next about what the direction of halo needs to be going forward. If they should just go ahead and accept that infinite is a loss and start from scratch and we don't hear about halo for five or six years, you know, if there are people who are leading teams that need to be gone, do they need to go and look at some of the other studios, especially from Activision, they're coming in and go, do we pull them and, and put them on Halo as far as support? All that's on the table. They just need to figure out. Yeah, it, Halo is too big of a 
item from Microsoft to just let it be consistently mishandled. And anyone who's looked at this, I would say Halo 4 was the only one of these that even came off close since uh, Bungie left of being competent at release and, and not having issues. Everything else has had issues in some form uh, each, each release, and they seem to be growing each release, which is a major concern. Well, you can think about it this way, Chris. If Phil Spencer has a family medical issue, he'll leave for six months, the company's in good hands, and he'll be back. Sure. I believe, obviously, and I hope everything works out the, the way it needs to. Prayers go out to Bonnie Ross and her family. I hope she hope she's able to deal with it in a successful manner. But in situations like this, one can assume, go deal with your stuff, Bonnie. There's a seat waiting for you when you get back. In this case, there's not. So, I believe this was a convenient departure for both parties. Agreed. Excellent. <laughs> tell, tell us about that Ubisoft money, John. All righty. Well, oh, unless you got some, John. Sorry. I yeah. was just going to well, uh, tell SM Country, yeah, we've been agreeing... For a while now that Halo's screwed up and we we pretty much think it was mostly 343's fault. Yeah. I mean, and it might just be a product of, remember, this isn't the person that Phil put in over 343. This is the person that Don Matrick put in. This is that era of Microsoft. That's how long back Bonnie goes. And I imagine for someone like Phil, if you want to say maybe where he's made his biggest mistake, he obviously has had a long relationship working with Bonnie and maybe just wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt that the team could always turn around. But at this point, you know, you're the CEO of Xbox. Now you have to, this is why they pay you the big bucks and you need to move off of this leadership. Yeah, They need to tighten it up Mm -hmm. and they will bring in Casey from, from Bioshock or Bioware, but (laughs) Ubisoft apparently wants our money, John. Oh, they sure do. They sure do. Sean. (laughs) Ubisoft has made the decision to sell its AAA titles, AAA games, at the $70 price point. In a recent interview, I practiced this name several times last week. Have you never had to say this name like Chris and I have on this news segment? I think it's Eve Gimo Gimo, or something like that. You know who I'm talking about. This is the worst pronounced name in video game. Can we just call him Eve's? Just ask Eves. Let's go with that. Yeah. So uh, the CEO of Ubisoft confirmed with saying, quote, some of the games will come at the same price as the competition. The big AAA games will come at $70. Uh, Skull and Bones will be the first of these titles to launch at this price point. And that game of the year title will totally be worth it. I'm tempted to purchase that Ubisoft subscription service before this comes out, but I don't necessarily want to play it on PC. If I had a better PC, I would. Yeah, but you're not going to get achievements and stuff. You're going to miss out on all that stuff you care about. Yeah. I'm holding out. I'm really holding out hope that it's a day one games pass game. I really am. No. If you're them... I think the best thing you could do to launch that game is not say pay $70 to get in. 
that they're they can, Xbox isn't going to allow a pirate simulator on their platform on Game Pass. Even if even if they even if Ubisoft begged them to, they're like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> All right, then go to PlayStation and do it there for them. I just think it it would be the healthy decision for Ubisoft with this game because I want to see it succeed. I just you don't think this game has a shot? I think there's a lot of hype behind this game. I think yeah, there's some hype. Missed. I just I, online only game, right? Where, well, primarily online game, right? Where you're trying to come in and obviously the long-term goal for something like this is a games as service. You are trying to get people to hang around. You're going to keep giving them cosmetics and you, that's where you're going to make all your money from. And you can do battle passes and everything. That's where the money is. Sure. And the lower the price point for entry <laughs> on that, I think the better chance of success you have long term because if I can get a bunch of people day one go oh it's it's on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus whatever they call their premium one I come in and I check it out and all of a sudden I go this is awesome and now I am buying the Battle Pass if you're saying 70 bucks on day one then yeah it it becomes this thing of Maybe it's fine where they can take the hit up front and say, hey, it's $70 right away, but we're going to put it on sale like 30 days later just to get, you know, take the premium what we could get, but now discount as quickly as possible, at least for Christmas time. So a bunch of people might pick it up for then. I could see that. That would also make sense. But that's my goal. My goal is to get as many players into that as possible and start milking them. I think you're wrong AF on this. Okay. Maybe. And, and I think it's just because you don't want to play this game. You think no, I do want to play. I do want to play this game. You have never said that. I have loved the heck of out of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. That's probably my second favorite. And it's the same team that's working on it, as far as the, the the ship stuff, right? But my problem with it is that it's in a very competitive period. That's not helping. And two. I just, I think of things like Ghost Recon Breakpoint, where that was the goal too. They wanted you to pay $70 on day one, and they were trying to get you into a games of service thing. And once you got in there, people kind of fell off of it very quickly. Also in part because it had a lot of problems as well. And I it also felt the, that way with the vision as well. I think you're missing the fact that Ubisoft, however, thinks that it's AAA title, it's new IP. Mm-hmm. Skull and Bones will compete with God of War. I think they look at certain release dates or release windows and they have confidence in what their stuff is. Well, um, so I, I just, that's a tough one. I can't see a non Microsoft bought company or owned company mm-hmm. putting a game like that on Game Pass on day one. Now, would I totally get it on Game Pass? Of course, because I already have Game Pass, but correct. I'm going to buy it no matter what. I'm just thinking of things like Fall Guys. Um, you just compare Bones to Fall Guys? I mean, no, I'm thinking of like things where the main driver is online. And, or like even something like Outriders last year, where Outriders came out, was day one Game Pass, and it not only made them a ton of money on the Microsoft side, even though it was on Game Pass, it got a bunch of people playing it on Xbox, and then people on PlayStation started buying it too, right? 
And Steam started buying it too because they wanted the game for themselves and not have to worry about whenever it leaves Game Pass. That's what I'm looking at here. Well, I, Chris, I'll, I'll be, I'll say, I don't think you're, I don't think you're wrong about the the price point per se. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that, I think that could be a risk factor for them. But one of the other risk factors is the fact that Ubisoft is kind of bleeding at the moment. So you're it's almost right. like, it's almost like they would err on the side of caution Yeah. to make this as accessible as it can. But I don't. I I haven't really paid attention to what their service model is. If this is just a one gate at the gate fee to get in, mm-hmm. if there's Microsoft, if if there's microtransactions or Helix credits as they call them in Assassin's Creed, how they're going to monetize? If they're going to monetize this, because I thought if if you'd have asked me prior to this show what the what the monetization of this game is, I would have said it's the seventy dollar price point. And that's it. No, they're going to, you know, it's Ubisoft. It's Ubisoft. You're right. So that, that could be what they're going to do. But, um, I just, I just want this game to be successful for them because I think the idea is different enough to, to people who didn't quite like the, yeah. Boat game. The idea of sea of thieves. My problem with sea of thieves was I didn't quite like the idea of you turn the crank. I raise the sale, all that kind of stuff. I mean, if you had a dedicated group of guys or you did, Sean and Mike, that was going to play that game on a consistent (laughs) basis. I could have seen that being a fun experience, but I think skull and bones. The reason it appeals to me is because it's your ship and it's your, it's your crew. You can hire some folks that it's all you. Do it for you. Yeah. It's all you. And when you play with somebody, you're playing with somebody who has their own ship. Correct. Yeah. Um, I agree. And it's going to be, it's going to be 10 times better than God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> That's a troll. I don't and believe that, by the we way. We have Corey yeah. Balrog on the phone and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, wishing for Corey the best. Barlog, you go, yeah, you could be. You could I be. said, I'm yeah. wishing for it for the best and I probably will buy it day one just because that's what i do and it, it's not going to be a <laughs> a problem for me but you know the other side of it is i'm just thinking like for honor is one where i just remember it had this surge like the first two weeks of the people who bought it but i'm thinking man if that had been free to play on day one instead of maybe having 15 million or 10 million i don't know if it was that high right but like say 10 million people bought the game the first week for for uh, for honor, if you'd had that game free to play, you might have had ten million people try it on day one, and then be like, "This is great!" And all of a sudden, the next day, twenty million people downloaded it, and then thirty million people. Right? It can. I've just seen it so many times in the last couple of years where these free to play games they accelerate very quickly. Multiverse this year. Who the heck thought Multiverse was going to have a moment? Uh, How's it doing now? I think that's more because of the content and that's the R that's the R side you have to have with it. You have to have content. You you trigger me when you talk about things going free to play. We we've had this conversation about like MMOs and other things, but Mm. I just to stay in this lane, I think that 70 bucks is going to be fine. The game's going to be successful. And now I'm super rooting for it because I want to prove you wrong. <laughs> I'm wondering where it's going to find its biggest audience. I, I would imagine. PT uh, is John, be, be Sean, Chris, weekly games, chat fans, Mike, we're all playing it. We're going to carry the game to victory. They need to send this pirate gear so we can like actually have that on when we play the game. <laughs> While we're like uh, Eves, 
Tighten up, man. Send us some stuff. We love Ubisoft. We also love 1440p, didn't we, Chris? Yeah. By the way, there's someone chipping in the uh, in the chat. No one cares what he thinks, though. <laughs> he's he's yeah, going on our, a he's on a rant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. That's why I said it. Uh, Sony <laughs> has added firmware update to the PS5 that includes 1440p monitor support. The 1440p Woo-hoo! support is particularly important for PC players who have been requesting the feature since the console launched. <laughs> this was a gaping missing. Uh, feature since the Xbox Series S and X both supported 1440p at launch, according to love the PlayStation. Good, love a good gape. Right? <laughs> uh, according yeah. to the PlayStation blog, quote, if the game you're playing supports 1440p rendering, you can experience native 1440p output <clears throat> on your display. Or if you're playing the game at a higher native resolution like 4K, then you may benefit from improved anti-aliasing through sa- super sampling down to 1440p to output. It's nice. This was what this was in their early access, and now it's or early preview stuff, and now it's officially rolled out. Sean, we can finally play. uh, Sean, break out the PS5 and test this test it tonight. Let me know how it is. Sure, sure. Wish I could test it. The problem, the problem with this update is, I'm glad that it's there, but the fact that the the idea of lugging my PlayStation Five over to my PC monitors to test this out (laughs) just seems exhausting to me. um, You gotta get you a stand. And you gotta get a longer HDMI cord, buddy. Mm-hmm. I've I've needed a longer HDMI cord. Yes, you since have. I was, In all since facets I hit, of my since life. I hit since I hit puberty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're talking about the same thing. All of a sudden, Jonathan, uh, did I miss the boat on that? Yeah. Uh, no, that was Skull and Bones. We're gonna catch that boat. <laughs> ten million <laughs> copies before December. If they sell ten million copies before December, that'll be quite. That'll be more than three days. But I got some news on a game that has sold an amazing amount of games in three days. And that, of course, is Platoon 3, which had a big launch, right? Platoon is off to such a strong start in the P- Japan. It has sold 300... Wait, say that again, Sean. 3.45 million copies in just a mere three days. This is outpacing huge Nintendo Switch titles like Animal Crossing and Pokemon. I learned how to say that today during the Nintendo hey, right? <laughs> and that was uh, Sword and Shield. These numbers give a positive outlook into the game's long-term success. For uh, comparison, Animal Crossing sold 1.88 million in the same time frame, and I believe that time frame in those three days was on the uh, in the midst of the COVID pandemic when everybody wanted to stay home and play a game. Uh, I don't. I didn't expect this, particularly in Japan. But apparently, the se- the second one did very well in Japan. Mm-hmm. This is exciting because. I mean, many, many people, many Nintendo analysts, experts, whatever gaming critics would tell you that Splatoon is probably the most important. Um, and I've heard this on other podcasts. This isn't an original. Like Splatoon is the most important IP, the most important legacy of the Wii U. If you think about That's it. That's fair. Um, this, uh, you know, for for it being relatively a launch title for the Switch on Splatoon 2, it did it did remarkably well. I think it sold eight or nine million copies. Three point four five million on a small island known as Japan. That's not common because I mean there's just not a attach rate like that. I can't I, I I'm I'm wondering if the if those numbers are exceeded in the states or if it's less i'm cur- i'm i have no idea 
Yeah. If I if I, I don't even I don't even have any concept to know if Amer- if the, if you, if if the rest of the world has has outpaced that number. I'm looking forward to seeing NBD numbers when we when we get it. But um, I'm excited to jump into this if I can just pull myself away from Dreamlight <laughs> Valley. But uh, because I've I've started the campaign on it and it's fun. It's fun. So good stuff. Sean, did you pick this up at all? Or is- no, I was going to remind people, and this is a, a simple plug for our Discord, that if Love they wanted plug. to see Love a good plug. what you looked like when you picked up <laughs> your copy of Splatoon 3, it's there. Um, there is a picture of our very own John holding his copy, which made me super jealous. Didn't have point- to pay for it because I traded in an Xbox Series S. Well, and if you remember, I got a big I got a big debit on a GameStop trade-in card because I did do some trades. I was waiting to get my PSVR 2, but it looks like if they got a PS5, we might have to re-up and get some money yes. saved up for the PSVR 2. You got to talk you got to go in there and talk to Ricky and say and ask him if he can kind of give you a heads up. He would too. He yeah, would. I think he would. I've got this, I don't know I, I when you watch the Harry Potter movie or you read the book there's a point in, the, in those books where he gets this potion and he he knows he's going to get it done i've got that vibe about me too where i just know i'm going to find me a playstation 5 if i need it i don't have that same vibe about the repair job i think i think mike should buy you a new one i don't think we've ever said his name so i hope he doesn't listen and wants to fight you now Whose name? <laughs> exactly. They we we don't want to tell you his name, but they want to show you. But before that, Chris. <laughs> Finally this week. Is this where John forgets that it's John's turn to read? Is it my turn? I How's thought it? I read uh it's my turn. <laughs> I was really hoping it. I was pretty Something sure it was that. John's turn because I just closed the news thing. <laughs> they uh, they want to show you, Ooh. and so do I. What? Matt Booty, mm-hmm. love that name. Head of Microsoft Studios is very keen on showing off Fable on the Xbox Series X, but Playgrounds Games Playground Games has refused to do so until it's properly ready. Those fascists. Quote, part of my job is giving air cover to the team. They don't want to show us uh, show stuff early before it's ready to go. But if there's one game where that's kind of flipped around, where every time I see something, I say, we should show this off. It's Fable. (laughs) Because there's a lot of cool stuff. That being said, the team has made it very clear that I am not going to be able to show anything until it's ready. End quote. At this point, no indication has been given as to when fans can get a glimpse of this anticipated title. I think all we've seen is a small trailer of a big giant frog. Yeah, they kind of did a, they did the and classic was, reveal type thing that that's all we needed. Fable games did. And that was a couple of years, uh, was, maybe last, maybe last E3 or something like that. Last know, summer, sure. not summer, Gamescom, I think, wasn't it? Or maybe it was their... Maybe was there we showcase. could just look this up. We probably could, but you know, and we're sound not like we know what we're talking about <laughs> that. That requires <laughs> us being pros and that's never going to happen. What the what? I just, when I want to see it see. just as much as Matt booty, but I respect that 
that's the case, I would rather things kind of wait, especially if what he's talking about is a vertical slice, right? Of the game. If it's just like, please let our people in our, you know, visual effects department, take a script from you guys and go make a CGI trailer. Okay. If he really thinks that would help, then trust him on that. But if it's actual gameplay, then now let's just wait, man. We got 90 million things coming out on February 24th, 23 next year that we got to play. So let's get through that. And, and most of them are JRPGs on switch. Yep. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Uh, gentlemen, we're going long already. We're going to keep going. Should we wrap up? Never. Just to be safe. Electronic mail from the future. All the words from the future. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show we call simply emails, but you know it's a lot more than that. Yes, we cover emails, but we also go over to Twitter and we visit our Discord to see the things you bring to the show. Uh, to start off every week, though, we do land in our email section. A reminder, if you want to send us an email, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We've got a few we're going to read. Uh, we, um, we're w- waiting to see what they say. We hope they're good. Chris, John, if you want to read a few, I'll pick one. There is, there's four we're going to highlight this week. Uh, and I think we'll be grooving on out. Here we go. Uh, first up Alejandro. I just chose this cause I saw the first line in it. Right. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen in his review of immortality, Chris mentioned that he was happy to have paid for the game, even though it's on game pass. This got me thinking about free games that I get from a subscription versus those that I buy outright. Often it's a free game. I'll abandon it unless it's immediately engaging. On the other hand, when I purchase a game, I'll finish it even if it's awful. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is the most recent example. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) My question is, do you also treat free games differently from paid games? If yes, then do you worry that our short attention spans will cause it to miss some great free games that need 10 plus hours to hit their stride? Thanks for keeping it real, Alejandro. And this was sent, unfortunately, Sean, from your PS5. Um, From my PS5. (laughs) By the way, uh, since he referenced it, I have an update. I've gone back on Immortality. Sean saw me doing this throughout the week and kind of really pieced everything where I now definitively know every little thing. Yeah. And I'm upgrading from a 9.5 to a 10. Whoa, whoa, late. That's, People yeah. may miss this if they just like, ah, there's just going to be some more emails. This is Chris, em, this is immortality. This mm-hmm. is immortality, which a ten by default obviously puts it on a potential game of the year list. That, so, so that there means be some folks, yeah, that means there was more nudity than we thought. You Elden know Ring, Elden Ring got a ten, and Immortality got a ten from Chris so far this year. I hadn't I found think, I hadn't found the trove of booty picks and now <laughs> trove of booty. Uh, what about uh, Tunic? Didn't get a ten from you, did it? I think I did get that a ten. 
I'd have to go yeah, back. I would, it would be up there. Hey, we know Chris's top three. I'm just kidding. You never really know. What did you give uh, Kirby? 9.0 or 9.5. Yeah, I was high. That game again. That game was so that fun. That game is Kirby's great. little music is great. Did you ever uh, finish Alejandro, the- you're on a roll with emails. Thank you for those. Uh, you make it fun for us to think. And we, I think one of the first ones you ever wrote us, you were you walk and you listen to us and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hope you're having a good walk. Hope it's a good day for you. Um, but guys, what do you guys think about these free games? Does it change your perspective? I think he's on the money. Sometimes when I, I'll just, like a PlayStation Plus free game, I'll download it and probably stuff that's in there that I haven't touched that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And with Game Pass, it's kind of the same deal. Like how many times I've started the Outer Worlds, gotten 25 hours in and just stopped. It's like there's something about purchasing a game that makes you seem like you have to be a little bit more committed to it to finish it. I I started thinking about uh, my precious. I just kept thinking of my precious. When I'm looking at free games, I feel like I just got to snag them. If it's a game that I like, I got to get it. I just got to get it. It's my precious. Put it over here. I may never touch it again. Uh, but you're right. But hey, um, was, unfortunately for us, we're not in that in that world where I was thinking about this today too. Where it'd be world. really cool to be able to talk about, you know, a game the day it comes out because they send us copies of games. Sure. Because we're amazing and they'll realize that one day and we'll sign agreements that we won't talk about it until a certain day. You guys That's don't not have the that? case. So, so what sucks for us is, yeah, a lot of times we'll buy games and we pray that we can get them on Game Pass because it's easier for us to not feel like we rush to pay money for this game. And we don't, we don't typically try to turn a game around in a week to give you guys a review, but sometimes it does still feel like, man, I wish we could have played that a little bit more before we reviewed it. Sometimes. So we do have to deal with that too. A really good email. I think, Chris, you got something? Yeah, I think the big thing with the ones is, if you're on, I don't know if I would necessarily abandon them because, you know, there are plenty of things that I've paid for, especially on steam that I've put some time in it. And after about three or four hours, I, I, you know, even past a refund, um, you know, as far as the refund period, I, I, I just go in and say, I'm done. I don't need any more. This just isn't pulling me enough. But on the other side of things, I would say there are countless number of things from Game Pass, and this week is a great example. I don't think Sean and John would have gone out and gotten Disney's Dreamlight Valley if it was a $60, I mean, even the $30 Steam version on day one, unless they knew something about it. But because they just saw a little bit and it's on Game Pass, it's like, why the heck not? You love Disney. It's out there, right there for you to play. For for myself, it's been countless number of other tiles where maybe I could see me and Sean going out there and buying tunic regardless, just because we were hyped up. But then all these other titles that are on there, I discovered just because they were on there, right? It was something to check out and it's like, why not give it 20 minutes? And if it pulls me, then I keep going. So yes, he might be right in the sense of in the long run, maybe I also drop those as quickly because I don't feel like I'm losing as much, but the only reason I'm giving some of those tiles the time of day necessarily is because I'm not playing anything else at the moment and it just popped up on Game Pass, even if it's not a day one release, right? If it's just yeah. being added to the service. Yeah, not bad. Once again, great email, Alejandro. Mm-hmm. Um, so, John, you going to read one of the next ones? This is from Juan. 
Am I saying that right? You said it perfect. That's perfect, John. Got it, got it, got it. All right. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? Hope you're all doing well and can't wait to listen this week to y'all. Hopefully, Sean got good news about the PS5 this week. Oh, no. Because at this rate, he's going to be playing it at his repair guy's house. (laughs) (laughs) Weird that I'm starting to see PS5s new and used at various stores now. Yes, just yesterday, I walked into GameStop and they had 14. Wow. Nice. Where you live, dude. Yeah, right. I looked at one and deeply thought, what would Sean do if he saw one? Would he buy it so that he can have a surefire chance to play Ragnarok day one? Or will he remain true to getting his PS5 back with more attachments than RoboCop? That's great. Anyways, oh, I had a goodness. blast listening to you guys last week, especially how I made John laugh with the cookie comment. And coincidentally, this week's question is for John mostly, but you all can answer as well. Out of all the Assassin's Creed games announced, which one tickles your pickle the best? While the Japan setting is amazing to to me, the Hex one seems very obscure and intriguing to me. Anyways, hope y'all have a wonderful week and game on, boys. Game on. Game on, Juwan. Juwan. I'm going to cheat with this answer. Um, Obviously, if I had, okay, if I had to pick one to one of these to be released first, um, it's I forget the name of it, it was, but it's the one from feudal Japan. That one looks really, really look. look I mean, we only saw a, a little teaser of it, but it's the one I've been wanting to play. That being said, I'm really excited about Mirage. I'm really excited to go back to an old formula that got me so in love with Assassin's Creed to begin with. So the real answer is um the feudal japan one but i'm but that doesn't take away from how excited i am to sort of go back to the roots of assassin's creed with mirage so i hope that answers your question thanks for the uh thanks for the email i'm out on the opposite and i'm more excited for hexed and not so much because me too they not because of what they showed off because they didn't really show off much um obviously it was just like a little teaser but more so because of what jason schreier reported before the event where apparently this is set in the Holy Roman empire during the witch trials. So I imagine it takes Wait, place. They in, had witches in the Roman times. Well, they, they decided to prosecute them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm guessing yeah. this is probably set somewhere in the 1500s and in our Germany or Austria, somewhere in that area where we really haven't been to in an Assassin's Creed game before, or really the only thing I can even begin to think of that's close to it is kingdom come deliverance for a setting. So that I just think that'd be cool. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. That game. uh, I know we're on Twitch right now streaming. That game got a lot of people streaming that game back in the day. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, And you heard, kind of heard me say the hex game and mine's a little weird. All right. So I have not played past brotherhood. Apparently. I'm still in Brotherhood, but I've heard all my friends say that Assassin's Creed is going to turn into this thing that's not like the Assassin's Creed that I love. I don't know what that means yet. So by default, I want to play a game that's just not like what the new Assassin's Creed has turned into. And that's why I want to go with the quirkiness of potentially what Hex would bring to the table. Hmm. But then again, you could come back later and ask me this question after I've played all the Assassin's Creed's. And I might go, no, nah, bro, I want to get Feudal Japan. I don't, I don't know. What we're not noticed, what we none of us said was the the app that we got to download to be a part of the Assassin's Creed hub. 
and stuff. The hub. How are you just the hub. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. We got two more. I can read one of those. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, if you want me to okay. do it, go for uh, it. Buddy. Uh, oh, and by the way, you also, the beginning of the thing of this week's show, Juwan, I talked about my PS5. Still don't have it back. Uh, RoboCop attachments seem to not be working. We're clinging on to our last hope. Uh, and to answer your question about what would I do, Chris and I think we had the opportunity to buy me one at Best Buy. We think. I think at this moment, if I find a PlayStation, is bought. I think I'm buying it. I think I'm just going to do, do it. it. And I, I, the money I have saved for PSVR two, I'll just have to DJ more. It'd be fine. It's probably it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> I just DJ more. <laughs> it's probably fine. Um, next email comes in from it looks like uh, Sean. Uh, this is not me. No, this is. I clicked on it. I thought you'd already clicked on my bad. The I'm one. reading the one that says Odin. Oh, you're going to do... Okay, yeah, then go for it. Yeah. I'll do the last one. I'm going one. up to Odin. I think this is from Sean. Okay. So, hey, boys. Hey. 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 Sorry I haven't emailed the uh, past couple of weeks. It's been it's been quite a lot lately. Friday, August 26th, Odin was born and just a peanut. 5.1 pounds. He's All doing right. great. Until next weekend shift came and all of a sudden, 5 a.m. Saturday morning, we were being told he has a collapsed lung and is being rushed to a bigger, better hospital. I thought my son was going to die and he Mm. wasn't even a day old yet. Mm. It was really messed up. I've never had so many emotions go through me at once. It was the most intense thing I've ever experienced. Long story short, Odin is home. And he's been out of neonatal intensive care unit for two weeks now. That's what's up. Twitch speak would say pog, uh, pog, poggers for, for Odin being home. And he's already gained a lot of weight size and rather surprising strength. Well, I mean, his name is Odin. Right. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for the support that came with my last email. You guys kick. Hey. Uh, you kick A, and I appreciate you. We appreciate you. And you also sent a beautiful picture of your baby boy. Good stuff, man. Continued growth and health for Odin. And uh, you guys are off to some great memories. I just know it. Just just being a dad is great, man. Congratulations again. And if you guys uh, remember, uh, that's that update. So August 26th, we're looking not quite a month old yet. That's nice. God, he nice. looks strong. <laughs> He'll probably that's make a hammer up. or something. And then he'll use the power to cast his son out. Well, it's really funny. I play World of Warcraft, <laughs> and Odin is in World of Warcraft. He's in there, and he just sits in a chair all day. <laughs> He's like, gigantic, like, and he hey. just sits in a, a chair all day and he watches people fight. And he doesn't like to get pulled into things if he doesn't have to, because he's Odin, you know. Why not? Why not? Uh, finally, we have an email from Matt. Scone on, my dudes. <laughs> That's the way he wrote it. <laughs> I just wanted to write in again, clarify with the gaming experts about my question I had a while back. I asked if you all thought the Series S would stand the trial of time and still be more than equipped to run games like Starfield that are coming later on. You responded with a resounding yes, but a couple of weeks ago, you guys said it doesn't look good for the S. Please just tell me everything will be okay and I don't have to cry anymore. 
LOL. But for real, should I try to sell this thing and get a Series X or just stick with the S, which is what I would rather do? Also, I have a PS5, so that is why I went with the S in the first place. Thanks again, you guys, for all you do. Also, I find joy in knowing that Chris doesn't get to Thanos anything yet for another week. Stop threatening us, Chris. We love you. <laughs> Never. You all respond to threats, and that's why I continue to do it. The clock is now started for next week, and if any of you people don't email in, I will delete everything. You will be left with whatever Nacho is able to upload of recovered YouTube episodes, if he even can do that. But uh, bye, and he sent this from his iPhone. Um, I would tell you, it's a personal decision. I think you'll be able to play Starfield on your ass. Ooh, that's a poor choice of words. But I think you'll probably be playing it, you know, somewhere between 1080p and 1440p dynamic range. Um, I don't think you're going to have 60 frames per second. We probably might not even get that on the Series X and it would not shock me, I'll be honest. But if you love, if you have the money and you can do it, yes, you know, get that's the bear system do it he's beating around the bush i'm gonna let i I really want john to speak on this because john most recently Mm. had an epic intro when he got his x he's most recently i i've completely said the x is better i'll say it Uh, duh it's got better stuff in it um it's just more awesomer john one of the things i was excited about with the s is the fact (laughs) it always Mm. goes back to odyssey assassin's creed odyssey when i had the, the when i had the one x Odyssey was the most beautiful game I had ever seen that I played. Okay. Just making sure I protect Chris's feelings with that caveat. Um, when I, when I booted it up on the series S, what I got was, and this, and I, you know, it's like reading the fine print. What I got was a version of the game that was on the one S previous gen. So I got that version of the game translating up to the series S. Now it got a little better once they optimized it for series S and X. However, that's a long way of saying this. If you like game pass, um, and you're content and I, I, I disagree with the, with Chris on this slightly. I think that with the series S they're going to maintain a commitment to 60 frames per second, whether they have to dumb that down to 1080 or 1440. And for the most part, when it comes to gaming, I'm pretty much satisfied with a 60 frames per second. If you are consent, if you are content with 60 frames per second consistency in your games and you don't mind 1080, you're fine. I really think you're fine here. Um, it's just that some, uh, some people just want that little extra kick. And when I, and the reason I talked about Odyssey, when I booted up Odyssey on my Xbox Series X, I knew I was home. <laughs> so it's legit, that's the best man. way I can say it. If, if you're satisfied with 60 frames and that's it, you're good with the S as far as I'm concerned. Cause I think it's still a very good machine. Sure. I, and I'm, I'm clearly not satisfied with things that I think could get better, which is why I'm in my entire pickle with my PS five. I had plenty of other USB ports that could have worked. <laughs> I know. Right. And I went, you know what? No, I want all of them to work. I had a series S and I was like, me and John, we came up with the worst plan in history because we were going to spend more money than we needed to, but it was a solid plan. Worst to, <laughs> to, to, so John was, John was like, so here's what we do. We spend the $300 first. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. wait. 
they only get a hundred for it later, and then we pay the remaining four hundred for the. Wait, what, John? <laughs> it sounded good, didn't it? And I signed up, sold it to the wife, and life was good. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be honest. You gotta, uh, you gotta do it. Push the button if you can find one. Can't wait yeah, till you look. tried to play God of War later this year, and it's a hello. Welcome to your PlayStation Five. <laughs> Would you like? I mean, God of War? I barely hear that line because the fan's going to be on turbo speed the whole time. <laughs> Matt, here's the most important question: How good do you want Dreamlight Valley to work? Hmm? True, true. Because that's the real pinnacle. That's the pinnacle of Series of X performance. <laughs> that's really it. That's what's up. Guys, thank you for the emails. We'll pivot over to Twitter now. Uh, of course, you can find us I mean, at Weekly Games Chat. And we have, uh, apparently we have two, people have slid into the direct messages. That's DMs. Right? Uh, yeah, uh, John, that's DMs. A <laughs> couple, okay. couple of weeks back, we, uh, we invited, or uh, we invited, we said hello to at Big Rain uh, as a follower. They do music and stuff. They DM'd us and said, great to meet you. Um, and they want to know what kind of music we listen to. They're in California. We listen to all kinds of music. And I'll tell you that in a little bit. Thank you for that DM. Uh, we also got a uh, at uh, Tony X Trotter DM'd us. Uh, and this was. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We already read the Gooches and Goblings. Uh, so this is the next one. <laughs> this was sent today, it looks like. So this is nice. Hey, guys, wanted to write in for the show tonight before I forget, and everything is snapped. Lately, have been back on Sekiro after a break. Now getting pretty close to the end, so I'm, gonna, I'm going back and trying to get the mini-bosses before I get too deep. John missed the that's what she said thing. Okay, and beat the game. Really excited about a few things coming up, like Uncharted 4 coming to PC. As I've never played it, definitely need to play that for sure. Forspoken, Forspoken looks dope. Yes, it does. And the Assassin's Creed announcements. Sorry for the novel, but I wanted to ask which of the AC announcements y'all were looking forward to the most. And do you think they will actually will they actually return to an older style AC game? Personally, for me, I'm looking forward to the one set in Japan, as I'm a sucker for the samurai era and Japanese culture. Game on, fellas! Keep up the good work. Sent from Sean's broken P- USB port. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, the funny thing is, though, guys, the USB port, if you forgot, is actually fixed and working. Isn't that crazy? Hello. Welcome so, to your PSVR <laughs> tool on your PlayStation <laughs> 5. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, did you boys want to comment? We, we already kind of commented on what we were most excited for. Uh, for the you probably would have heard that if you listen. Yeah, I think. We uh, but do you, that. are you guys think they'll ever go back to that classic formula again? I think do you they think might it'd be welcomed. I don't know if they'll go back, even with these ones like Mirage. I'm not expecting the combat to be exactly how it was in the classic Assassin's Creed games. I think they'll probably keep it still on the shoulder buttons and all that kind of stuff. It will just be a more confined experience that's not overwhelmingly RPG based like the last three have been. I think that's what they're more so talking about. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go back to the combat. Yeah. And the climbing. I think the way they've done the climbing is that's phenomenal. crazy because combat and climbing seem legit right now. So I, I wish until it gets better. I, I'll be honest. I wish I could have the later Assassin's Creed climbing in like something like 
Brotherhood or really Assassin's Creed 2 because that's got some of the tallest buildings out there, right? Um, yeah. Much more so than what you get in a lot of uh, these ones. These ones. These <laughs> ones. Uh, we did have some mentions I wanted to point out on Twitter. So the first one, uh, what up, at Bravo24 Actual? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Why? Because you replied to uh, at Beard O Weird O's tweet where you said, I just saw your post on Dead Space at Isaac. If you're looking for a great gaming podcast, check out at Weekly Games Chat. Great guys, great discussions and insights, and they keep you laughing. Quietly, the greatest podcast in the world. Thank you so much for those kind words. And if Beardo, Weirdo, if you listened, you did say you'd check us out, welcome. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. And most importantly, I actually joined the Discord community, and you can actually converse with like Acid Sugar. You can see how awesome he is. Uh, I also put out a tweet out there just to remind you guys we did hit 21 years um for uh september 11th 21 years it's crazy and some of you guys shared what you were doing because basically if you were alive and you saw it you'll always remember where you were and what you were doing and uh, i personally think it's important to never forget that if we went through that so there is that let me go to our home page to see if uh, we have any new followers? I obviously don't know. No, we're good. Beardo Weirdo did not follow us. Calling Beardo Weirdo out. <laughs> That's what we do. Call out the new listeners. What's up? What up? Uh, so there you go. That was Twitter. And we're going to go ahead and pivot quickly to the email section. Uh, and we don't have any. We well, Actually, we have one from Yuri. I just wanted to say to add you, DJ Haygood, thank you for the endless entertainment with the bidet. And Broken USB Port Saga. P.S. I'm sorry if I interrupted your World of Warcraft session just now. Uh, that's funny because I have been on that legit again. Uh, and then Nacho. Uh, yeah, Chris. Chris. Nacho. We were recording and Nacho tried to say we've been going for four hours. We have not. Uh, yeah, we did for not some reason, start, his computer says so. Yeah, we did not start at like 340 today or something. <laughs> We did not stop at 3.40, but we are ending just over, it'll be close to three hours, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Just a reminder, this has been episode 373, where John and Sean talk to you about Disney's Dreamlight Valley, the greatest game ever made. Uh, for, for everybody who downloads the show, please make sure you leave us a review so other people can find us. We greatly appreciate it. Shout out to everybody who watches on Twitch.tv. Of course, we're there at Weekly Games Chat. If you want to come and see our ugly faces, uh, if you want to send an email to the show, you can do so to weeklygameschat at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at weeklygameschat. And of course, our Discord community, there is invites anywhere and everywhere if you want to be a part of that community. I think that's everything I need to say. Uh, but I got to turn to my buddies and I got to say, hey, I love you guys very much. And to both of you, great show. And uh, game on, John. Game on, Chris. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, Sean. Game on, Chris. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Thug life.